we already started bullshitting, so let's go ahead and tell everybody what this is all about. And um, if you guys, uh, this is the first time you guys have listened to the Modern Day Sniper podcast, welcome. And um, this is really cool. We've got some awesome people in the room right now, and we've had uh, the last few days has been just really cool. We've had great weather here in Virginia. We're teaching at Pig River. And uh, Josh Bandy's uh, Pig River Precision is an awesome venue. If you guys are on the East Coast and you haven't shot here before, strongly recommend you all come out and, and check it out. It's a great venue here. And uh, targets out to, what, 1130? Uh, yeah, 1130. We've yeah, shot past. He's had targets past that before. We've yeah. had, we've gone to, I think, 12 in a match last year. He can, he could go out that far. He could go further if you wanted to. He was talking about making a cut out to him. Wow. Yeah, he really. could do that. He, he could do fifteen hundred right now if he wanted to put a target that far. He showed me last night. He's got a two mile, uh, one mile and two mile target if you go up to the ridge and yeah. shoot back. Josh has got, and the cool thing is about Josh and Pig River is that he is really good buddies with all of his neighbors. In fact, some of his neighbors work his fucking matches because he's a smart man. He's a smart man, and uh, it was family property that he saw a vision for. And decided to um, acquire the property for himself and be able to do what he's done with it. And he has, I mean, it's my second home. I've told both of you two, it, Pig River is like my second home. I, I love coming up here. I stay at the same fucking hotel every time. Um, I, come, I come up this way and we eat at the same restaurants, see the same people. And then, I mean, every time I come up here, I feel like I see family. Um, that people that are from Virginia or maybe even northern that Virginia is a cool meeting place from North Carolina or, for, or further south and it's I mean I love it I'm up here this is this is like a second home to me and uh, what he does for a range is is the is first of all it's the most it's a very scenic it's the most scenic range you can get on the east coast it's now, if you go out west it's a, it's you know, down a dozen for ranges like this, but here on the East Coast, this is a fucking gym. Yeah. And, you know, he is a a shooter's match director. He cares more than anything, because this is not his bread and butter. This is not how he pays his bills, not how he puts food on the table. He does this simply because he enjoys doing it. He thinks about the shooter's experience first and foremost over anything else. He wants them to walk away like a shooter, especially the first time being here, like, fuck, what did I just do? Like, what did I just shoot at? Because that was a killer course of fire. I have never, not one time, ever shot a match where I felt, eh. I've never felt that, ever. It's always been like, fuck, that was hard, but that was fun, and it was fair. It's, it's hard, but fair, and that's hard to do, both simultaneously. A fair, but, but hard match. Sure. And it's always fun. And uh, the the his ROs are top notch. It's I mean Johnny on the spot for everything. If that for any reason at all there's ever a target go down, the range is cold for like seven minutes if that backfiring again. Mm -hmm. And Josh is he got fucking robbed. I know that he should have got a goddamn match record of the year this year. I told y'all my podcast they're fucking vote for his ass. He didn't do it. But next year, he's going to fucking kill it. And, and if y'all didn't know, we have Mr. David Baker himself from Just Fuck Send Podcast. We haven't podcast. introduced anybody yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, have like, crew, we, we have a good crew with us. 20 minutes in. We're already cruising. So, um, so if you guys, this is your first time listening to the Modern Day Sniper Podcast, welcome. 
And what is the Modern Day Sniper Podcast all about? It is about the journey and progression of your skills as a rifleman and how you go about accomplishing your goals and always being a student. If you're listening to this podcast, you're most likely a student, just like every single person in this room is a student of the craft. Because if you're not a constant student of the craft, you're constantly not learning and therefore you're not progressing. So whether you are a professional sniper who we have in, in the room with us tonight, uh, whether you are a competitor, whether you are a hunter or a long range shooting enthusiast, this is the podcast that talks about all those different aspects of long range shooting because we do it all. And so welcome everybody. Thank you for having me. Um, I could not be happier to be here. This has been like a little mini reunion yeah, number one. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of new faces. I've heard a lot about all of you guys, and it's really badass to actually like put some some faces to names, even though in the age of technology, like you can see somebody's face, but you can't like actually fucking meet them until you meet them, you know. So, um, really, really awesome last few days. From uh, we are we just wrapped up the uh, intro to competition class. And we had a great group of students, and I'm really interested to like listen to you guys and your perspective from what you took. Um, so from the last few days, and how you you can like apply that to what you do as a professional sniper. So I guess maybe we should probably introduce everybody and like learn your names, where you're from, what you do, and uh, then we can keep on keeping on with this badass conversation. Yeah, when like when you went to school. And what, like just hey, when you came in the Marine Corps, when you went to school, what unit you served with, and what you do now. Okay, um, I guess I'll start because I'm the youngest. Yeah, I'm, I'm on this side of the horseshoe. You're a man. Um, <laughs> my name is Francis Santor. Um, I'm originally from uh, Staten Island, New York. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps in 2015, and I went to a sniper school with Staten Island. Uh, Sergeant at the time, Philip Vallejo, as my primary marksmanship instructor in 2016. Um, I'm currently part of the instructor staff at uh, Second EOTG Zerman Sniper Course. I'm Corey Robinson, uh, originally from East Tennessee. Came over here from 1 5 to help instruct at the Urban Sniper Course. My name is Hans. I'm from the Dutch Marines. I've been a sniper since 2000. 13, I think, and I'm at EOTG as well at the moment. All right, guess that's me. Uh, Matt Solowinski, um, originally from the great state of California, <laughs> with the greatest laws on the planet. Uh, <laughs> uh, went to <laughs> Sniper School in joke. 2011. Uh, known Philip Baleo, what, 2009? 2009. 2009, uh, separate platoons. And I came to the tune, and uh, he graduated from Hawaii while I was at the West Coast School. From there, we went to Okinawa for a deployment, which is interesting. And then uh, I got sent to pre-sniper, took over chief instructor there, uh, got histed and selected for the next rank, tried to go on a deployment, got told to go kick rocks. So I went and worked at uh, West Coast Schoolhouse, and then I tried to go back to another platoon. Somebody took my job. So I got told to kick rocks again, and now I'm the, currently the chief instructor at Second UTG with these three nerds and, here. And so for everybody, so solo, for everybody that is non, non-jarhead in this room, what is EOTG? 
uh, Expeditionary Operations Training Group. So it used to be known as the Special Operations Training Group, but because no Marines are special, we changed it to Expeditionary. But we're still Special Tactics Branch and do sniper things. So essentially, <laughs> essentially what we do is guys who are working up for their MU, there's EOTG packages that they go through like CQTC, CQTE, which are close quarters tactics, urban sniper, urban RS. And then following that during larger MU exercises, we're pretty much the guys that evaluate them during those exercises, give them debrief points. So prior to stepping out on their deployment, they have a good foundation. Yeah, the, so the and to give again for people that are listening, they're like, what the fuck is a MU? Uh, uh, MU is a, a Marine Expeditionary Unit, and just to put in things in retrospect, it's very much uh, the world's 911 response when something happens. And a perfect world, real world example that just happened recently was the Marines that uh, reacted to the Afghanistan evacuation were on MU, and from my understanding, they were on the way home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and we actually. Uh, some of those dudes came and spent some time at EOTG, kind of not really debriefing us, but we just had a conversation with them about things that happened over there and the experiences that they have. Yeah. Well, last last two people. Oh, uh, Owen Mulder. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you've heard me before. Uh, longtime friend of Kalen. We go back 20 years. He was my sniper instructor. Uh, and then I took over for him when he left the marksmanship ins- uh, instructor position at sniper school. And we had just realized that the last time we saw each other in person was like 2011. Oh, wow. And the last time we taught anything together was like 2002. So if you go back a few podcasts, to the Observation Podcast, you'll pick up on Phil and Kalen inviting me up to here. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, what's this place? That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And you know what? I took him up on it, and I'm glad I did. This was a blast. I've been out here for about, what, five days now? Know. Dude, I've been having a blast. So, yeah. Awesome. Glad you're here, dude. And this was Dan. Did you, 20 years ago? You're fucking old, man. Fucking old, dude. <laughs> fucking old, man. <laughs> no, man. Fuck me. I'm David Baker, I'm a professional dolphin trainer and Sasquatch <laughs> hunter extraordinaire. I happen to have a podcast, the uh, Just F Send It podcast. Say it louder for those in the back. Just F Send It podcast, check it out. <laughs> David Baker, gli.podbean.com. Uh, Subscribe, follow. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Hit the like button. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't have a like button on the. On the I love listening to your podcast, man. Well, I love having you on our podcast. Well, I'm glad somebody does, damn it. What? Come on, now. I, look, I'm just trying to get on y'all's level. You motherfuckers have got what? like a quarter million downloads or some shit. Half. I, yeah, oh, damn, excuse me, shit. Excuse me, the pieces. Kalen paid me 20,000 of those are mine. I downloaded over and over again. Kalen paid me to do that. How much you got? Wait, you got me to do that? Because I'll pay that shit too. Oh, man. Yeah, I know it. No, I, I saw I that the modern, day, the modern day sniper guys. I saw they were coming back to Virginia, and I missed you last year. I forgot. I had a prior engagement. I don't know what it was, but I would have loved to come last year. But I knew when you guys were coming back to Virginia, and like I said, I was just 
this is my third weekend in a row in the state of West Virginia, or Virginia. I was in West Virginia last weekend, Virginia the weekend before that, but, uh, and then about two weekends before that, I was up here shooting a match. <clears throat> so, um, but, you know, Pig River is like my second home, like I said, and when, you know, you guys made the trip again, I was like, well, fuck. I don't give a shit what they're teaching. Uh, I'm coming just uh, at bare minimum to, to hang out, but I know that this is something I want to say. I don't care how long you've been shooting. Don't care what your credentials are. Don't care how many matches you shot or how many matches you've won. The best in the world can always learn. I mean, it, it's whether it be a refresher or whether it be something, just a perspective, especially something like shooting. There's always something that you can learn and especially when you've got two guys with the credentials that are running this course anybody can learn something i don't care who you are and so i am thrilled to be here i can't wait to learn i hope you pick me apart and make me feel like a piece of shit we're gonna be, we're gonna make you beat up your gun i don't give a fuck dude i'll throw it off the damn cliff i don't give a shit <laughs> please uh, don't it's I'll, an I'll, ai I'll I'll fuck, it. it's gonna survive give it to me please why do you think yeah. i bought a damn ai i could get <laughs> a bitch off the fucking mountain he's driving an accuracy international <laughs> throw it off a cliff please i don't give a shit <laughs> we can all fight over it <laughs> don't bother me uh, but no it's I, I can't wait i hope y'all pick me apart maybe feel like shit and that uh, way i learned something and y'all i know i'm gonna be a better shooter when i leave and I, i'm fucking excited so little story little story when Phil came to stay with me, we shot a match together, and we were up in my reloading room. Uh, we did a little bit of dry fire up there, and then we went to, you, you, I forgot what it was exactly then that you said to me, but when we went to the range the next day, we were shooting at 100 yards. I'll just verify in zero. You don't even remember this, I bet. You told me about my left elbow. Hmm. I had my, I thought I was square, I really did, but he said, no, look, baby, your, your elbow is, when I was prone, was out in front, my shoulders weren't square. Ever since that day, I have made a conscious effort and it feels completely different. Like my elbows feel different when they're, I feel normal now, but compared to then, just that it has stuck with me and I, I, I can see, I can see through the scope better. I can watch that bullet a lot better and that, that recoil is not exploiting that angle like it was, I didn't, I didn't even know it was doing that at the time. And it wasn't until you said that one little thing, it just, it completely changed. <coughs> you know, anytime I am, I've got a rear bag down, I've got to make sure that elbow is back, pulled back. And, and, and offhand, it's, it's feet, sh uh, hips, shoulders are all square, all because of what you told so me. So I want to say, say this. So uh, I just came up here, obviously me, you know, I handed over for, for Kalen at, at sniper school years ago. Uh, and then I went on to teach at SOTG, which now is called EOTG, at the Urban Sniper Course. And I thought we were the cutting edge of shooting, long-range shooting, precision shooting, tripods, all this stuff. And that was, in fact, in that area was the last time I had met with Kalen. I, I flew out with my guys at SOTG to, to work with you. Yeah, it's, been, it's been a week. With me and or no, it was ten days. Yeah, so it was, it was more than ten oh, days. So it was the one you were Michael. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 2011. It was. Okay. Yeah, and we went out there specifically to to have Kalen help us work on positional shooting and and ballistic computers and loopholes and some other things. Phenomenal. Uh, ten days of training. Uh, my guys, uh, I watched my guys like explode. The instructors I was in charge of. 
their their ability and knowledge just exploded. It was so so worth it. But uh, I hadn't. I, I it had been from 2011 till now. I I had not been sh uh, sort of overwhelmed or shocked by the quality of any training I'd ever had in long range shooting. And it, you get you get almost uh, numb to the idea of more you know listening to people talk about shooting because you, know, you feel like there's nothing new. You, you almost start to crave uh, instruction where you're, you're, you feel like you're a novice again. Like everything I'm hearing is new to me. Uh, and I hadn't had that until four days ago. Listening to you guys give your classes on position shooting, and which is exactly what Dave was talking about. Uh, the, the way you explain everything, the squaring the shoulders and everything behind it, uh, it's not just a checklist of do X, Y, and Z. It's this is why the X, Y, and Z works. So you're understanding why you're doing all these things in your body. And it's, it's what's amazing to me because the whole time I'm thinking to myself, the idea, like the proprioception of like when we are in our own minds and we try to visualize how we look outside of ourselves, we can't do that. So we imagine in our head, we have this little avatar in our mind, this little image of how we think we look. I mean, I'm talking our position of our body and everything, yeah. down to like there's how we think our shoulders are. Mm -hmm. We can't see all this. Until it's pointed out to you, or right. at bare minimum by video, like video yourself. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> actually t are, I guess, want to see themselves enough to to see their flaws by but, video or video. Right. More so than that, videoing themselves is something you're really good at. Videoing yourself shooting the stage. Like, you're like the, the selfie video master of as He'll matches. fuck shit up in order to catch I know, I've time. been there. I saw his fucking firebox fall off on a damn barrel. He will fuck shit up just to capture it. I love and the, the moment it. him saying like, oh fuck, was beautiful. <laughs> it fell off, it was awesome. But I, no, it's, you gotta, you have to either Either have a, a, a like a camera on you to be able to you to review, and especially if you can do it at different angles, even better. But more so, someone equal to better qualified than you to sit there and point out exactly. and, and nitpick you and tell you what you're doing wrong. Because you're like, no, I'm not. And like, yeah, look, look, look at you right now, freeze. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. My son's that way with like in jujitsu. It's like, Jax, you're doing this wrong. No, I'm not. I said, Jax, I'm physically watching you. You need that outside person. I'm seeing you do it. My eyes aren't lying to me. You think you're doing one thing, and this is to a six-year-old. You think you're doing one thing, but you're you're actually your body awareness is obviously not up to snuff because you right. don't you're wrong. I mean, you're just wrong. And mm -hmm. and it's like Phil. I've never thought that you know, shooting prone that my left elbow was so far in front and that I was I was uh, inducing this uh, angle of my shoulders in, in mitigating recoil. I never thought I was doing that. It wasn't until he pointed it out. Oh fuck! I guess it is. Shit's way over there. I, I I know. Hey, natural point of aim. You gotta have everything square and perpendicular. I, I knew that, and I thought I was doing that until it took someone. How many people have I shot with or shot in front of never said dick to me? He, he was like, it. hey, look, next time just the way he said it was just, we were just confirming zero. He was like, hey, look, pointing your elbow back. And I was like, huh. It wasn't, was it? Yeah, it was, it was way up here. 
And I, it, it's literally, you fucking come to my mind every time I lay prone to, to make sure that my, I pull, I'll catch myself doing that. Nope. I'll pull it back square. I do it every fucking time I lay prone to shoot. You know, you know what's amazing to me is, uh, so Phil was, uh, Phil and Kalen when I was out here, obviously they, they had to update me on uh, sort of the, the more subtle modern techniques of positional shooting. And uh, so I was, I was learning a lot this week. I was having to get back to basics again and retrain some very basic things, just like you said, like very basic. And I have got a lot to overcome because I've got 20 years of muscle memory, right? And uh, but it's not just having another person watching you. That other person has to know what they're looking for, right? Yeah, and, equal to and, or greater than you of your knowledge yeah. base. Right. Like I remember. Uh, so these two, you know, get, there'd be points where I'm snapping in or, or you know trying out these new positions. And someone able to say, "Hey, your your hips are just a little bit too far forward, or too far back, or I mean, these small, subtle adjustments adjustments that you need to make. And the more subtle they become, the the, the more of an expert you need watching you to be able to detect that you're doing something wrong. Because at some point, it gets very difficult to see these subtle mistakes. I mean, when you're when you're in the standing shooting at a target 700 yards away." Uh, the difference between a one, a point one mil wobble zone in a target and a point three is so hard to detect from the outside watching someone. It takes a real expert that has to, you have to be able to see the tiniest adjustment that someone needs to make. And these guys were doing it. And then enough adjustment to where you yourself notice the difference once yeah. it's changed. Yeah, they tell you, okay, you need to do this. And so you make the slight adjustment, this, uh, you know, uh, you know, a quarter inch of adjustment on one of your feet or, or something. And you see the immediate change in your sight picture. And, and then suddenly the wobble zone goes from 0.3 to 0.1. And you're like, boom, I get it. Now it's on you to record that in your mind and, and make a record of it so I can do this again. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for you two to fuck me up this week. I'm serious. I, I, I'm like, you look like a bag of ass right now, and I want you to fucking make me. I mean, just I, that's why I'm here, you know? Well, it speaks volumes because, I mean, like I said, I've known Phil longer than everybody else in the room. And again, it's probably one of those things he won't remember. Um, but it was a simple phrase that he would always tell the pigs uh, when we were running the teams together is that you should. Get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable behind the rifle, especially in the prone. Because, like you said, you because I'm also a huge perpetrator of the non-firing arm being super far forward. Mm -hmm. I am like when Cannon was drawing the picture on the dry erase board, and he had the it it was like a 13 degree angle of of how bad that that angle was. I was like, is he drawing me on the board right now? Like, what a dickhead. <laughs> he doesn't even know me that well. I just met him yesterday. Um, but he was just like, be comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's when you know you're in the right spot. Because again, when you set up like that and you're like, I felt square, like you were probably comfortable because again, you've trained to that, that position and you're like, this is right. And it, all it takes is, hey, scoot that elbow an inch back. And you're like, now I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't, the same it thing doesn't feel as good it doesn't. being square as it does you know, having that elbow out. I don't know if it's like a distribution of your weight or I don't know what it is. I got bony ass fucking it elbows. Like so it fucking feels hurt. like there's too much weight on this side. Yeah, and it, it doesn't feel good, but like you said, when it don't feel good, I know it's I'm, I'm in the right spot. And it's the same thing with like What you say, Phil? I see you about to well, so <laughs> it's, drop it's, some knowledge it, it's, it's funny because, um, so 
our first or second step is the rifle to shoulder. I think the most, the biggest thing anyone ever takes away from our foundational classes is a, is a new rifle to shoulder connection point. That's why we call it the rifle to shoulder connection. Um, because traditionally it's rifle high in the pocket of the shoulder, right? So we identify hey, where the pocket of the shoulder's at and everyone identifies, okay, it's closer to the delt, right? And traditionally that's how a lot of long range shooters shoot is putting that right in the pocket mm -hmm. of the shoulder. Because with your support hand, if you think about it without the aid of bipods, you're blading your body in order to support the front of the rifle with your support arm and elbow and stuff like that. And uh, it was that the person I was on the phone with, Ben, he was at my house, uh, we were snapping it with my, my competition rifle, and I got down on the prone, and he's like, dude, you're not straight behind the gun. I was like, no fucking way, you know, in my, in my head, I'm like, I'm already an instructor at this point. Shut the fuck up. And I was like, he's like, yeah, dude, you're not straight. So he took a picture, and I'm like, oh shit, like, I'm not straight. But for like the normal person, they wouldn't have noticed, right? Because like, you know, for the yeah. most part, but like, my rifle was kicked out, like, you know, and that was what was causing the angle. It was like, my elbows were straight, my, my shoulder was straight, but my rifle wasn't straight connected to my body. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, right? I, yeah, absolutely. And so what I was like, well, what would I have to do to straighten that? Well, in order for me to straighten that angle between my rifle and really my body is to bring my rifle to shoulder connection closer. Right? Yeah, because if you, you don't do it the right way, if you don't, you're, you're your head is going to be so far away right. from the, the I'm, I'm glad you said that because it what what we're talking about right now you I, I think i hit you up after you posted i think it was a video you did i don't know if you remember this or not we probably go through text messages on our phone to figure it out but i mean you posted a video about that and because i'd always battled with my fucking reticle looks crooked mm -hmm. And I was like, why the fuck is it? I, this is like way off. And my level level says it's good. Was, like, was your yeah. head like leaning? My head was leaned over. When I moved that bitch over, and I, could, I had to then at that point drop the cone height on my stock, and I had my head more like upright like this, I was like, magic, motherfucker looks straight now. Like, what the fuck? And I, and I sent you a text like, dude, you just fucking changed my life, man, like on, through the internet. Like, my, I just watched the video, and now my shit, my reticle looks straight. The bitch was crooked before. It's straight now. Like, I didn't touch it. But, and, and you were like, yeah, dude, like, it fucking be like that that time. Um, <laughs> so it's good that he brought, it, that Ken was about to bring that up, because that's, when I was a young sergeant, in the pre-sniper days, that's what I would have guys do. Mm -hmm. I was like, the rifle is crooked. So straighten the fucking rifle out. But you and then based on your perception. I, but I would well, I'd have them straighten the rifle out. I'm like, it should be like two lines. And then that's what was happening. You're just cranking your neck. Yeah. Over. I was like, you'll get used to it. Like, you'll yeah. get used to it. You'll be tough. You're a sniper. Mm -hmm. Quit being a pussy. But it was, we were doing it wrong. Instead of bringing the rifle to the body, we were bringing the body to the to, rifle. Yeah, and the head. Well, and I, it, it, I changed my cheek weld and everything after that. Like, my cheek weld was always like underneath the cheekbone. That's why it just... Growing up shooting rifles and yeah, you know, as a kid, now it's right here on my fucking jawbone, and my head is more upright and you know and erect, and, and it makes my it makes my reticle straight, and it it completely changed. And that and that's what that. we teach. And, and and actually, Owen was just talking to us about checklists earlier, and making sure that hey, if we're teaching a checklist, make sure that there's something that the student's able to feel or give back. Remind me how you said right, it. So so. Uh, so there's a lot of you, know, you guys hit a lot on the pre-flight checklist yeah, right yeah. 
and, and the check, which is great. Uh, but I think some students and, and, and some novices might might take a checklist. Like like when you guys teach a class, you might list out, hey, there's five things you want you to think about. They'll, in their mind, envision an actual list. They'll have a notebook or whatever, and they'll envision words, right? There's a different region in your brain that deals with words and language. That's not having anything to do with when you're when you're actually going to engage a target. The linguistic part of your brain is fucking useless, right? It's not. So if you're if you're bringing into mind words and lists and and, and that, that's not helping you shoot better. It's like when you shoot, it involves when, like when you shoot, it involves <laughs> somatic memory, like your body movements. How does pressure feel on your cheek? How do you? Like we were just talking about, the position of my body, are my shoulders square? The feeling of the trigger and the amount of pressure to find the wall on the, before the trigger breaks. These are, these are sensations of touch, right? That matters and visual uh, processing, your visual cortex, my sight picture, you know, do I have scope shadow, you know, all the, that's visual processing and somatic processing. Those are, the re those are different regions in your brain. And so a student has to learn a checklist that's taught to them with words on a whiteboard or PowerPoint or whatever. They've got to translate those words into physical and visual sensations yeah. and perceptions. Yeah. It's a great and, way of fucking describing that. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and a lot of people do it, you know, and there's a lot of people that, that get that and they start doing it, but there's some people that don't. Yeah. Like they just they don't quite And, and this is why in-person class, and I'm not trying to sell it in first class, but this is why in-person classes are important for some people because, again, like, this information is out there. Like, when people come to class, it's not like I'm not teaching them from what they could have already read online, right? But the rifle shoulder connection and then followed up by your cheek piece or cheek weld go hand in hand. Sure. Like, where wherever you connect your rifle to shoulder connection is immediately going to affect how you put your face in and, and I didn't know that until I found it out. Yeah, until yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. Cause I was just doing moving it yeah. closer in to have my, and I was like, oh fuck, I can't, yeah. I can't even see the scope right now. Yeah. And then I dropped it down. I was like, okay, well I'm, that's my new spot. Like that's where I'm supposed to be you shooting have, now. You have so. more freedom of movement mm -hmm. in the eye box of the scope. You have more, like you can move your head based upon what, orientation your torso is whatever yeah. position you're shooting from there's not that fine spot shot. that you got to be in right where it was before where like you had to be just just so and if you didn't have it you didn't just have to be now that fucked up to be in the correct spot right yeah exactly <laughs> how annoying is it when you're sitting there and you're fucked like, up every time works every time yeah <laughs> how annoying is it when you're sitting around and you're like you, you know you're like your head's angled forward Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like you end up in a position where your head's like your forehead's like you're forward, looking out of the top and you're looking out of the top of your eye, and you're dancing around to find a good sight picture without scope shadow. But you're like, okay, I finally found it, but there's my head's at this stupid angle. Like this isn't right. You mean know? every time I shoot left-handed? Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't right. I found a good sight picture. I got But man, this isn't right. You gotta cut my right yeah. eye to do that shit. Yeah. yeah. But, but there's so something about when, when you. Well, here's the thing: because there's so many shooters that have have compromised uh, so much of their position just to get good sight picture. Okay. Like, no scope shot. No, great that. So tomorrow we're going to, we're starting our advanced course, right? And the very first thing that we do is give them a hard class on rifle setup because Everybody will make an adjustment. everyone will make an adjustment. They will have, or just 
the, the modern marksmanship mechanics as we see it, and then because of that results into changes in the rifle setup because it's incorrect. Yeah. Right? Because of that, that exact thing is that they've built this muscle memory in of getting that kind of fucked up position. Because right? it worked at one point. Because it worked at one point, right? But not understanding the most efficient way. And we're not telling them that this is like the correct way to do it. We're just saying, well, hey, the way that we found makes it the most efficient way since we've seen so far in terms of being able to manage your own recoil and be as comfortable as you can be behind the rifle. Well, and that's the thing is, is like once you, once you find it, you know it. Uh, it's one thing to have a good sight picture and, and all those things, which, which we're primarily, we're willing to sacrifice physical comfort and everything else as long as mm -hmm. I've got good sight picture and stability, right? But then once you figure out that you can actually have your cake and eat it too, you can have good sight picture, you can have stability, and you have this physical sensation of, oh yeah, this is it's it. there. It's, I got it, I physically feel good, I feel stable, I feel relaxed, and I've got the sight picture and the stability. Yeah. And there's a, there's, there, but the thing is, there's just a ton of people who have never experienced that. They don't know what we're talking about. They think they do, but they've never acted, because until you actually experience it, and the first time you do, you're like, Oh my goodness! This is possible. Wow! And I, yeah, and I reached a whole new, another level of that in the last few days. By the way, I mean, well, in the in the non-prone positions, like in the in in the in the kneeling, you know, yeah. standing. I remember you talking about that on the way home. Just like because you would have told me that I was hitting uh, half ipsic or thirty-three percent ipsic in the standing position. Yeah. So I always was taught to load. Positive, you know, lean into the gun on a on a, on a barricade or, or a tripod. Yep. That's that's the that's the old school, right? It's lean in, positively load the barricade or the bipods, right? So you can you can sort of take control of the weapon and, and everything else. You're locking it into place. Yeah, yeah, lock it into place. And that's honestly that that's the military in you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's still being taught. Well, the military. Well, well, that, well the military created that. That's a vice. That's a vice grip staple. Yeah. Military well, training. Just, just three, three months ago, I'm talking to students about it. We were trying to we were trying to solve a problem, right? We were trying to solve a problem in that we had a lot of we had a lot of combat experience in urban environments, and the experience was we need to learn how to shoot off of stuff. Anything, yeah, anything, anything. Yep. Right, right. You don't so, know what you're going to be put in a position to have up, to shoot for support. Up until like you know the, up until I did a combat deployment, we didn't really understand. We would use a tripod and a stock because we had to be able to get a window. Right. Yep. That's the only purpose of the tripod. Most of the time, you there's no fucking way you're going to shoot from that. Sorry, yeah, you didn't qualify off that. By the way, no, you didn't qualify off that shit. But you had a sorry ass position and I was stopped mm -hmm. to be able to see a, a window, a, right? And it would, but it was good enough for what we had to make it do. But it wouldn't last under real shit. Under recoil, it wouldn't yeah, last. Three hundred wind mag. Under repeated, you know, we beat the shit out of stuff. You know, like you beat the shit out of stuff, and it yeah. wouldn't last. So we would have all this experience, and we would say, "Man, fuck! I can't build a position here. There's fucking nothing for me to build a position." And if I hang my body out of this window and use this as a support, I might shot. get shot. Like there's a really high possibility. And it's most likely not from the fucking enemy. It's from 
are really scared Lance Corporal. Yeah, he's a friendly. He's just as much a threat. Yeah. Right? So he sees something, he's going to fucking shoot Bear out the window. Yeah, like it's a, a legit threat. So, you need a red, white, and blue suppressor cover. So we realized that, like, okay, we have to change some things. Like, this is, okay, so how do we do this? If we throw a rifle up on top of this thing, holy shit, like, there's no fucking way I could hit anything with any certainty of, of probability. So we had to come up with different ways, and different ways were shoving bipods into the barricade, Using cargo straps with tripods. Yeah, all positively loading. Like Yeah, we, because we had to create tension to tension equaled stability at that yeah, point. Opposing yeah, forces. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We had to create that lash in the system. But the problem with that lash is that it's it's always gonna come backwards and if your position is not um if your position is like not uh, symmetrical, if it's asymmetric in any way the recoil is going to exploit the lash and you won't be able to get back. You, you, you know what, you know what clicked on me? So, so I just want to say the, the, the most brilliant, there's a lot of brilliant moments watching you guys teach us stuff, but one of the most enjoyable personal parts for me was watching Phil teach the positional class. So, uh, I've been, I've been trying to catch as much of their instruction as possible. You know, while also I got phone calls and some other things I had to pull off every once in a while. There was one point where uh, Phil, Phil's getting ready for his positional class. And Kalen was running around getting ready, things ready for the next event or whatever while Phil was getting ready for class. And Kalen stops, like, we're passing, I'm going to my thing. He's going to stop me. He's like, hey, you need to go watch this class, this positional class. Trust me. Get, you need to watch this. And so I, I, I was like, okay. So I, I got there and I watched, and man, Phil, your position class is magnifico. <laughs> right? And, uh, and, and in part of it, you, you give the, the evolution of it, which for a lot of uh, maybe some of the, the, the newer shooters might not mean a whole lot because they weren't, they're, they're brand new. Yeah. They don't care about where this came from, they care about what matters now. But for an old dog like me, who has, for 20 years, has watched and been taught all these and taught people all these different things, yeah. for you to, to, I guess, give me the mercy of, of saying, hey, this is where you started with, you old dinosaur. And then this is one in the room. Yeah, this is why it's wrong. Well, but in a very loving way, sure, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is like, you, this is what you best, you, this is the best you could do back then, whatever. And then you got to hear, and this is why you got to hear, and here was the logic behind it. Um, but now we've progressed to hear, and this is our logic behind it. So it's sort of this gentle exposure to. Things have changed, and 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 uh, I enjoyed every second of it. It was amazing, and you backed it up with explaining everything behind. I mean, down to the physics, yeah, like the body mechanics and the physics behind it. Were you using? I mean, really understanding uh, the physics of it, like how center of gravity works. Biomechanics, biomechanics, and all yeah. that. It really comes down to physics. Yeah. It, it's, it's where is your center of gravity? Where are the points of stability and, and, and everything? These are very, these are very uh, geometrically and, phys and physics-based concepts. 
these these focal points of balance and everything else, and you're and, and uh, but you present it in a way that it's not a physics class, it's not a mathematics class, it's it's kind of like common sense. Yeah. You? Well, well, you root it in the human experience, right? So you understand the physics, you understand the the, the you know what's what's needed, but then you bring it back and root it into the what the humans actually experiencing. Yeah, what they we, actually care about. Yeah, we don't. Well, so so we don't experience numbers. numbers. Sure. Right. We don't experience numbers. Yeah. We experience physical sensations. We we experience visual and physical things. And so you take your understanding of how to properly balance a weapon, how to properly balance your body, because we understand how to balance ourselves. Every one of us can stand on one foot and try to balance it. We know how that feels. Uh, that's not numbers. That's, that's physical sensations. And so you translate everything into visual and physical. And you say, okay, when you get in a position, here's why you need to be balanced with your rifle and the connection with your shoulder. And you understand the, the physics behind it. And then you're translating it into the human experience. When they're behind that rifle trying to achieve it, they're going to feel things and, you're, and, and they're going to be able to recall what you're explaining to them because you, you, you interpret it from the physics to the, the human experience. The human experience. And, that's, and that's, uh, that's everything. Because you only have four days to achieve this. Let's talk about night. this. So, I mean, everyone in this room right, as, a, as, a, as an instructor at this point. And, you know, one of the biggest hurdles that I felt uh, with getting into, and, and Caitlin warned me about this when, when I first uh, came over to the civilian side, but um, taking, or having nine to 10 weeks of being able to teach someone how to shoot a rifle, right, that didn't know shit about fuck. Mm -hmm. And then now condensing that into four days. Yeah, yeah. it sounds impossible. Right, right. it's like, sounds ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. Sounds ridiculous. Trying to take ten pounds of shit, stuff like a five-pound bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not five, even, not even a five-pound bag. It's that's like, like the fucking dude. Five, five-ounce bag. Yeah, it's it's, it's um, so. Uh, and I don't want to detract the subject, but uh, so I, when I was a combat hunter, I got immersed in sort of the the tactical tracking world, like man tracking, human tracking, in, in a tactical environment in warfare, essentially. And so the first real military tracking school that was, uh, was the British tracking course in Malaysia, in the Malaysian War in the 50s. And they, they had a, you know, ten, essentially a 10-week course. And you went to learn how to track people you know, in a combat environment, and you went through a 10-week school to learn how to thrive and survive in the jungle and track people. And, you know, that, that, that was sort of the genesis of the Western world track, tactical tracking world. But then, eventually, that all went away, and you ended up with these tactical tracking guys, these military tracking experts, that were having to try to make a living in the civilian world. Trying to, you know, yeah, hack, hawk, hawk their wares to the civilian world on tracking. Well, civilians are like, hey, I got a weekend, man. I got, I maybe got a, maybe a holiday weekend. Maybe I can take a, day, a vacation day. Uh, I don't, I don't have, to, I can't go ten weeks. No civilian can take ten weeks of their life to go explore some hobby, right? So you're like, hey, I can give you a weekend. 
maybe a couple vacation days. I got three or four days. And this includes law enforcement. <laughs> okay. Hey, I got a job. I got to be on bottle. Like, like, like the bad guys don't take vacations, we'll man. Start a <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I can give you three days. If you can, if, if you have something to tell me, figure out how to do it in three or four days. And this happened in the tracking world. And uh, there was a, a guy, David Scott Donlin. Uh, that dude took the 10-week tracking school from the Malaysian tracking course and the British tracking methods, whatever, and that guy condensed it to a, to a little less than a week. And the, and the tactical tracking world laughed at him. I'm like, are you kidding me? It took me two, three months to learn how to track. You're saying you're, con you're teaching guys in five days? And he's like, yep. And they thought it was a joke. But it turns out, because the dude did it for 30 years, as he managed because of efficiency, understanding the efficiency of how human beings learn and, and refining things, because he was put under pressure, he had no choice. And he managed to create trackers that were as capable after five days of training that used to take five weeks. Yeah, we, we talked about that last night and saying like, hey, what if, <clears throat> What if we were able to um, incorporate that? Basically, if you guys look at this from a teaching standpoint, we went from taking, assuming that this was a completely introductory student, no experience whatsoever, say, hey, I just bought this thing. I have this thing. It's a rifle. I got a scope. I'm going to put this shit on here. And I got some bullets. Right? Well, that's a blank slate. Perfect. You ain't got to work. You ain't got to unfuck five years of Perf of fuckery. Right. So I can take that individual from day one at eight o'clock in the morning all the way through, say, five o'clock on day four. And this individual is, is at least competent in, in understanding what it takes to get a bullet to hit that target repetitively Repetitive. and intentionally. Right? That's important. And I would right? say this course does that. So four fucking days, four fucking days, if you were able to incorporate that into your course as warfighters, how much more time would that save you and give you to create a more efficient sniper? I wanna, so I wanna kinda shift attention over to these guys here, just because it's important for me in understanding like, all right, the, I, with these guys coming to our class, it's, I knew they weren't going to learn anything new in terms of like what I haven't already taught them when I was an instructor, at least in my head. But I knew that what they would be probably be able to get out of it from an instructor standpoint was to be able to say better with intention on certain things, mm -hmm. right? Rather than just a regurgitation of what maybe they heard from me back in the day. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I beg to differ with you. I bet you if you could oh, go back shit. in time and you could shoot a match against yourself back when you taught them, you would butt fuck your old self. <laughs> like you would, you <laughs> twice, twice, I dare say that you would smoke your old self. Because you have, I mean, I, I know you have grown as a shooter from when yeah. you started. Yeah. Your skill level is nowhere in the ballpark what it used to be. You're yeah. way beyond transcending what you did then. I mean, I've even heard you you say that, like you went you bet your first match, you're, yeah, you're yeah. showing up as a sniper and uh, and all that. And like I, I know that you, I mean, you're a, a literally 
like my opinion, top 25 caliber shooter in the country as far as at least the game goes, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that we share, that we play. Um, so, I mean, I, I bet you anything these guys are going to learn shit that you didn't teach them back then because you have learned more. And, and I'm, that's, that's awesome. And that, that piggybacks what I wanted to been wanting to say is you four, I, I'm, as a now civilian and just a fun weekend shooter, thank you for taking this course. Because there are, and I mean it, because it means a lot that you guys, I mean, you guys, as far y'all, y'all are, as far as snipers, y'all are the tip of the spear. You really are. And, I mean, the, the Marine Scout Sniper School, it, that's the fucking, that's the shit. That's what everything, that every other branch, whatever, that's it was sauce. built off of. That's the sauce. It is the sauce. And so, the fact that you guys who are, are all instructors there are seeking, which, mind you, I do know both these two, all three, are Marine, former Marine, Marine Scout Sniper instructors and were some of y'all's instructors. The fact that you're taking civilian instruction because I know he and he have learned, him this week apparently, learned stuff on top of what they were, learned, what they were taught and what they knew while active duty. And they have more to give you now than what they either gave you back then or what, you know, like if he was your sure what he could have given you back then. I, I, you're ten, probably 10 times the shooter you were when you were in the Marine Corps. 100%. Right, no doubt. We so so you, y'all are seeking, and it makes me feel good. Like, I, like my ODA buddies, they go, they shoot match. I mean, they shoot match. Every match I'm at, they're there. And that warms my heart because I know they're getting reps in and they're spending my tax dollars the way I love that it's being spent. They're taking initiative. Taking initiative. Though they're ODAs, they're getting the skin paid for. So everything's getting paid for financially. But they're taking the time. You have a choice. You could have a choice to sit and fucking drink beer and watch football. And they're out there grinding with us doing that shit. And 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 honestly, the ones that are doing it are fucking kicking ass too they're i mean between daniel posey and bryce york those guys when they show up to a match they're in fucking hunt i mean they're in hunting wind bitch mm-hmm. and it's it's awesome to see that hey that's what our tip of the spear that's what our sniper community here in the u.s is about and that makes me feel fucking good as a civilian and a taxpayer and the fact that you guys are here seeking outside instruction from now civilians, it I mean it's fucking awesome, and my hat is to you. And I hope I see all four of you two or uh, you guys at a match. I hope I see y'all. I, look, I'll oh, pay you. Oh, yeah, you're gonna be seeing us this week, and our asses torn apart again yeah. by these two. We're gonna be well, seeing I'm, I'm, I'm talking about competing. I'm talking about competing. I want to see you four compete. Yeah. Oh, so let, let me tell you this, Dave. Let me yeah. tell you this, Dave. Uh, so I live about ten minutes from where these guys work, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I there's a spark that's been ignited in me. I've never done PRS. Never. But I will be. You're going to see me in these matches, especially on the East Coast. And I'm going to go <coughs> drag these assholes out of their house. <laughs> me specifically. Yeah. Specifically. And we're renting a party van. And I'm going to go kidnap these fellows here. And you. Yeah. Y'all have an hour and a half for me. I mean, I've got a private range. It's actually Jeff's, but we go. It's it's um, packed holes precision. We've got a thousand yards. That's twenty minutes from my house. 
and it's private. It's literally privately owned property. It's not an open range. And we've got targets from 200 to, to 980, and he just bought another fucking 200 acres behind it to add to it. And um, We'll just have so, to convert that to meters. Change the cash, motherfuckers. Change the cash group. That's been the biggest yeah. hurdle so um, far, I think. No, but, but honestly, he was doing the map. Hobbs was doing the map. He's still. I was shooting Hobbs. He's still doing it today. He did on his computer. What should you do? I sold Brock. He jumps on his computer. 600. Okay, wait. So he gets 600 what? 600 times 0.94 equals this. And then he puts that shit into his ballistic computer. But it's fast. I did the same thing. It's not only yards to meters, it's inches to centimeters. Yeah, man. Don't even ask him how to calculate wind, okay? There's a lot of loophole. Loophole or like tiny, like when we do, we do inch pounds. Yeah. So. We had two we had two gun snipers Newton meters. Never heard that. I'm trying to remember what the AI is. Newton meters. Newton meters. So we had three has been surprised. We had two gun snipers over the course of last course. And I'm like, hey, what's the measurements? I remember it's like half. Yeah, it's like twenty three and get wrong some shit. But I was like, what's the measurement for the scoping thing? But I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. a lot of us when we switched over to Mill Mill and everything else, we wish we could just take your brain that thinks in centimeters and meters and, and, insert and just put it in our brain. That's so crazy for me because <coughs> you all work in mills and so what converts to mills is exactly to meters and centimeters and so if you're still working in inches, it's like, okay, that's weird because you have to do all these calculations and for me it's like, okay, one mill at a thousand meters it's one meter. <laughs> yeah, but it's natural to you. Yeah. I'm so jealous. I, look, I'm, look, I'm as red. I'm literally fucking pissed, red, white, and blue. My, my doctor said it was cancer. I told him to show his cummy fucking mouth. But I, I will say, the fucking the metric system is fucking superior to standard. So much easier. All fucking <coughs> out. The good thing is, I started in Bill. I never had to break MOA or inch per hundred yard shit when I started this game. Well, before that, it was literally a fucking uh, tur uh, uh, cat turret on a fucking hunting scope with a duplex radical. How many clicks in a hundred is it? I have no idea. I just did it to where I just fucking hit, pulled the damn turret until the fucker went where I wanted it to go at the time, right? And so cap that. And when it, when it came to, uh, yeah, right, cap it and fucking forget it. So, um, but when I started it, it was, I just jumped straight in the mills. I've never owned an MOA scope. So, and, um, but I, you know, when going from MOA to mills and then having a mill dot reticle and an MOA turret is the most asinine fucking thing on the fucking planet. Everybody says, okay, so everybody, says, the board. everybody says that. So there's, nobody talks about like where that shit actually came from. Retard, where it came from. Well, it is, but I. Come on, man. Trying to tell a story. Let's 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 get a history lesson on on I'll give you why why because because uh because Owen brought up a great question earlier this week is like why don't we teach the MOA mill kind of conversion? That's right. That was right. a great right. question. That was a great question. Great question. So um, I'm. Maybe you guys know this. I don't know if this is still communicated down through the through the lineage, but so um, minutes of angle were the common unit of measure for rifle accuracy. That's what everybody used in in the time frame where 
uh, sniping be start be, became starting to be like formalized. We're like, hey, we're going to start putting programs together. We're going to start teaching mm -hmm. people because we understand that this is a very <coughs> lethal asset to infantry operations. So this we got post World War One. Uh, no, this is like Vietnam. What? Wow. Yeah, this is Vietnam. We had. We had military snipers in World War II. It was very, did, it was very it was, informal. It was super yeah. informal. For World War II, it was? It was like, hey, we have, we have a couple, like, we have a couple of these rifle. rifles that have urinal telescopes on right. them. So, you, you fuck, kill a fucking million squirrels in fucking West Virginia, here's your goddamn here's rifle. Yeah. Fucking go do that shit to the crowds, right? Right. So, now that things started getting formalized, what common, if you guys think about it, what is the common unit of measure, angular unit of measure that everybody understands in the infantry when it comes to supporting arms? Mills. 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 Yeah. Right? Compasses. And Worm rule, mills, there's 6,400 mills in a compass. However, we're learning more about precision shooting and the way that we measure accuracy with a rifle is what unit of measure? Man angle. Man angle. So, we needed to figure out how to establish ranges to targets. And in Vietnam, it was very difficult because with the Redfield scope and that sloped range finding reticle that they had, oh, yeah. it was not proportionate because the people that they were hunting were not of normal, they weren't like regular size. Regular <laughs> size. Regular <laughs> size. Super <laughs> That ain't racist, no, man. It's like, come on. I had to go for the easy joke. <laughs> had to go for the easy joke. You just saw it, laid it up there. I had to fucking knock it out of park. And you, you always do a good job. So they needed a new way to, they needed a more precise way to establish ranges to targets. And that was part of the requirements. So they realized that we needed something super simple for people to understand and use. And that was a bullet drop compensated turret. So, hey, that target's 200 yards away, dial it to fucking two. And they would give you a little fine tune for, everybody understood that different atmospheric conditions would affect things, but they, we really had no idea how to quantify any mm -hmm. of them. And we were like, okay, well we have to give these motherfuckers some fine tune adjustment in there in the event that two does not work. Does it two. equal two. Right. right. So that was how the Uneural Scope was born. Because all of the scopes previous to it were basically they were they were click click adjustments that really nobody understood how to go. Well, today I need this many fucking clicks to do this. Right. Right. So that was what that was what Carlos Hathcock and Major Land brought to the community, where they took it from the com competition side of the house. And brought it into that world and said, "Hey, we can be right? we can be really precise." No, that no, was they weren't high power silhouette, high, power, high power, power silhouette stuff. So okay. they were like, "Hey, we can bring this. We can bring our knowledge into this community and make these fucking dudes super lethal. We can teach them how to use scopes. We can teach them what these adjustments mean, and we can bring higher amounts of lethality to the battle." Would you say this, Cameron? Is the yeah the most celebrated <coughs> sniper in American? Sniping uh, is Carlos Hathcock. Cut his teeth in the competition world, and then brought and bridged what he got from that. Adapted it to warfare in Vietnam, mm -hmm. and that brought about a whole other level of sniping that had not been achieved before. For sure, and uh, and still today, 
and I've been this, I went to a couple competitions where I show up with my sniper gear and there's a Marine Corps shooting team and they're cracking jokes on me and I'm cracking jokes on them and there's some real animosity there, you know, them in their Hulk Hogan t-shirts, their yellow sweaters, you know, I walked into my first competition and, uh, this is F class? I was there for F class and they were there for standard and I, they saw me walk, they, they rec I went in uniform, my, my digis, and they saw me and, and they saw, they recognized a sniper, you know, a million miles away, they work at Quantico around snipers, and they saw me walk up and bust out my sniper rifle and they all started chuckling. And, and they said, hey sniper, just so you know the targets are over that way. And they pointed Man, towards the butts. That's savage. Yeah, and, and, I, and I said, oh, because I'm used to my targets possibly being anywhere around me. But your fake paper targets are in one direction. Got it. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> right? And so the game was on. Right? Uh, then it was literally for the rest of the day, uh, we're each watching how each other shoot, looking for any opportunity for weakness. Right? Uh, and, you know, that, and that, goes, and that's, that is a well-established conflict and, and, and rivalry in marine sniping and the marine Corps shooting team. And, uh, but I think it, at some point it's worth stepping back and saying, the founder of our modern sniper school was both. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And that's brought an elevation to things. And to, to, to bring it up to this week, we've got, you know, Kaylin and Phil here who will regularly compete in PRS competition, but they also have a background in combat sniping and instructors of it. So if anyone is, a, is, a, is the, the vanguard of combat sniping and combat marksmanship, it's these two gentlemen here at Modern Day Sniper. But their egos don't stop them from jumping into the fray of the competition world. And, and what I saw here for the last four days was someone who, like Carlos Hathcock did, is bridging the gap. They're taking, there is something in the competition world that we can take. For sure. Well, and then they go to, they go to Skull Dragon, people they, at the match, so it's not that big a jump for them, so they... Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's <laughs> some people because these, these guys show up at, at these PRS competitions, and like Keelan has said so, several times, like, when, when Phil and, and Kalen show up at a PRS, everyone knows, they're, they're the guys from modern day sniper, right? They're modern day sniper instructors and everything. And so they got big targets on their back. They show up, and there's people there that are like, hey, you know what? As long as I beat those two, I'm happy. Right? Like, yeah. So, the, so it's, it's a, there's a little bit more that you guys have to, you know, put your egos in check, humi you know, humble yourselves totally, yeah. to show up to these things. And knowing that you're not just the average competitor, like, there's people there that know who you are. And you know, and they're there to try to, to rub it in your face if they can beat you. Sometimes, and, and sometimes you have good days, and sometimes you don't. And that's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. Yeah, it was great. No one gives a fuck whether they beat me or not. No one, <laughs> no one fucking cares. No one cares. No one cares. I'm happy that you all you you brought out the ego part, and me being a scout sniper, still active duty, and. A fuck ton of guys I know that are snipers who have not ever crossed into the PRS world. There's almost like a 
we almost distance ourselves purposefully from it. And I think that a big part of that is the ego. Because I don't want to go to a fucking match as a scout sniper, team leader, chief scout, whatever the fuck I am, and get my ass kicked by, by a, a young girl. Like, I yeah. don't want that oh, to happen. Oh, if you go, I just like a handful of girls that will butt fuck everyone in this room right now. So, yeah, I'll, 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 well, I will not be at that match. It's just, it's just so ridiculous because something so petty as somebody's ego stops you from growing because of the creativity exactly. that's in the competition world. Yeah, that, and that creativity right. in the competition world is really what can drive anybody that's in the sniper community in the military to do things that they normally wouldn't do just because of things that they weren't taught or their their lack of creativity or things that have just been done throughout the community for years and years. And I would argue that it's a really big issue as a whole in the military. Like you said, you know, you know some ODA guys, we know some Marsoc Bubba's, and you know, like obviously I've known Phil's been competing forever. Um, I don't know what it is, we can call it ego, we can call it whatever word we want to use, um, but it's, it's a weird, it's a really weird problem because in the military, other than like probably us four, because we get a little bit more bullets than most, a little bit more freedom of training than most, um, because of the, you know, being lucky at where we're at, is we spend a lot of time complaining about we don't get enough bullets, we don't get enough training, we don't get enough this, we don't get enough that. But then it's like, like even a couple weeks ago, probably about a month ago now, like the Scout Sniper Association, which I'm not really involved in a whole lot, to be honest, it's just I just never really got into it because I've been, I'm always doing other stuff. Like they brought up and they're like, hey, I have a free ticket uh, for the Guardian range. They're like, hey, it's you know, two hundred fifty dollar ticket. Mm-hmm. Like, it's free. It's one of my favorite matches. Whoever shoot, wants I'm it, I'm, like looking, I'm yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, it was literally one of those. Whoever wants it, you can. They gave it. They gave the sniper association one for free. Whoever wants it, you can take it. And that was a post in our you know, little, little secret group on Facebook. And I sat there, and it was crickets. Nobody. Right. Oh, I, I hit him up. And that's the match that that that's the match, especially for no matter if you're a Marine Scout sniper or you're just an, an everyday you know person or whatever. That the Guardian match in particular, no matter where it's being held, that is like the ultimate first match to shoot. Whether I don't care if you have got 25 confirmed kills or if you just bought your first rifle yesterday. The Guardian match is the premier. You shot. You mean shot with me? That's the match you came and shot with me, Phil. That is the premier like first match to shoot because there's no pressure. There's no prize table. All there is, is a raffle at the end. So the RO who could bought a hundred dollars with tickets has just as much chance of win- of getting something off the prize table as the guy who won the motherfucker. Uh, and then there's uh, you, you call the RO calls corrections for you. It's for a great cause. It's no pressure at all. We're all. It's laughs the entire fucking time. No one's looking. No one's out for nobody or trying to really win it. It's the ultimate match. So, it. it I'm not saying I'm surprised, but it does hurt me to hear that. Yeah, like no said, one took that offer up. And like I said, it, it, it can be an ego thing. It could be, I, I think Pizzoni ended up taking that ticket, but I had to, I had to like hit him up and like, like, hey man, like call this guy right now because I mean he competes on his own as well. So he's you know he's kind of like Valerio. He's one of the the unicorns in the community that that plays both sides of the field. So so uh, it's funny when I got into competition, 
again, I at that point I had already been through every Marine Corps sniper school other than advanced that the Marine Corps could send me to, right? And he was high shooter all of them just in case because I don't think he, <laughs> I don't think he ever states that out loud. So no, he doesn't. And, and uh, not that like my my head, I mean, something about me was like I was like. What other school can I go to where I can learn, right? Because at that point I was an instructor, you know, when I just talked about there, but when I got there, I didn't feel qualified to teach there, right? Because I was like, I felt like there was nothing that I knew, I was like, that I could really teach the students, you know what I mean? Like, cause like at that point in time in 2015, I still, the only thing I could do with my rifle was take my fucking bolt out and take my black belt off, right? And then, um, and I said this to everyone, like, I was a high shooter at Urban and Mountain, and I still went to a competition and was not prepared. I got my fucking ass whooped, right? By a fucking, a guy that mowed lawns for a living, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, holy shit. So, so let me say, so you mentioned earlier solo about, uh, you know, the fact that the Marines, and we all, I, was, I complained about it, I know Kalen did, I'm sure you guys do. We all complain about we don't get enough gun time, we don't have enough ammunition, we don't get enough support as snipers, yet some dude that mows lawns for a living figures out a way to get himself money up. Some 14-year-old, some 14, 15-year-old girl who's focused on high school uh, figures out how to make herself a national champion. Why? Because she, you know, she does her homework, she does whatever, and then goes and snaps in for two hours. You know, this guy mows lawns. He, and, it's, and it's a hobby. It's, yeah, it's, it's a hobby for them. They, yeah. I mean, they, it's not your profession. Yeah. It's the way you make the living. There are at least eight hours dedicated to the day where a sniper will change your life and snap in. Yeah, yeah. and call it work. And beautiful. And you get paid. I just want to add something just for any snipers that are listening to this, because I know a common. Uh, reasoning for why if I'm a sniper I'm not going to do, go do PRS I'm just going to focus on the scout sniping side is because it's not applicable to scout sniping fucking if is. you're if you're listening to this and you're a sniper you're fucking wrong okay so I'm glad you, you got <laughs> like that so, so this was the intro competition course that we did but when and it, it, I was when we were coming up with the curriculum and coming up with course fires Again, I knew that I was in a sticky spot of like, okay, I want to make sure that I, I give these guys an intro to competition to civilians, but also give these guys that are active duty of like, hey, these are these are still practical tasks that you can take. So hopefully the courses of fires that you guys went through, every single one of them, wasn't some like gimmicky shit in terms of like, of yeah. shit like that. I would, that I would say, I would argue with you. I know I'm cutting you off here. Yeah. Sorry. But I'm older than you, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And again, like I said, I've shot a couple local matches back when I was in California, like at Paula, like nothing, nothing where it's like actually like something I would stress about. I just went out there, I had a good time because I had already heard all the stories about how I'm going to get my ass kicked. So I already knew it was coming and I wasn't worried about it. But even if you hadn't tried to tailor them to where it made sense for us <laughs> and made sense for them, it's still applicable because you can do the job or you can do the task and you can shoot the shoot that stage and you can pull what's applicable and leave what's not sure yeah and if you it can if be you're the willing gimmick. to be open to it you'll figure it out yeah even if it's the most gimmicky hokey like fucking circus like 
stage that you could cook up. Like, you know, stand on one foot and turn around and then shoot off of this fucking, you know, metal rung or something like that. If you, as far as, this is what I love about snipers is there's so much more than shooting and being a sniper. The, all the other shit is what I think is fucking cool. The shooting shit, I don't give a fuck what y'all do. But all the other shit, that's the like the ninja shit to me. That's what I'll, that I'm jealous of. The shit that we hate to do. Yeah, I understand why. If but I'm that's, sweating, if yeah, I'm dirty. Leave like it sweat. That's the yeah, ninja like shit that, that I think is fucking <laughs> awesome. That I'm like envious of. Like, oh, I don't care we, that what y'all shoot because I do the same shit. But the, all the other stuff is what's cool. But as far as the actual pulling the trigger and sending this projectile from here to there and actually hitting it. If you can hit it off of that hokey, weird shit that is done at a stage, well, what the fuck are you going to shoot off of that you can't do it? Excellent. Right? It's, if, if, I, if I make up and build, like, I'd say shoot off top of this fucking round cactus <laughs> thing here with, you know, offhand, like, left uh, or, or uh, like a wooden weak side, side right? <laughs> if you can do that, motherfucker, you will be deadly as shit in the field because dude, everything will I, be better I, than dude, that. Dude, you got my loins on fire, Dave. Like my, I have that effect. Yeah, on a lot of people, tender. especially my, my and older men. About yeah. so, you know, sometimes you just got to take a moment and step outside your ego and step back and realize what the hell it is you're doing and how freaking amazing it is. Think about this. Me and Kaylin a couple nights ago, we're talking about this. You're, you're, you're creating a little mini explosion in a closed space about one inch from your eyeballs. 60,000 PSI. That would kill you, right? It's a lethal, it's a lethal amount of energy being, being unleashed about an inch from your face. And why am I doing this? Why am I creating this little mini explosion an inch from my face? so that I can launch a chunk of metal about half the size of my pinky a half a mile through the atmosphere to hit something. With intention. With intention. It's, it's a chunk, you're launching a chunk of metal through the atmosphere for half a mile. And you're hitting something the size smaller than a dinner plate. Like this is, it's, it's modern day Robin Hood. It's the, it's, it's remarkable, it's unbelievable to me when I stop and think about it. And you're having to use this super, like a scope is a, is a, is a scientific instrument. These tiny micro adjustments, it's a science, you're using scientific instruments mounted on top this rudimentary primitive technology that creates a small explosion. It's totally fucking rudimentary. Yeah, it's a rudimentary technology. I'm creating a small explosion to, to launch a chunk of metal to kill something. Right, and, and 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 I use this highly sophisticated. And if you haven't listened to the podcast they had on optics a little bit ago, where they get into some of the technicalities, it's a scientific instrument. It's a wonder of engineering mm-hmm. and optical Very science. True. Very fucking true. And you're putting this this refined scientific instrument on top of this rudimentary chunk of metal that controls an explosion to launch a chunk of metal half mile to a mile to hit this super refined area. And sometimes I think we forget that, and we get caught up in our own egos. We get caught up in our own egos. So just to add, going back to the intros, I guess I'm a scout sniper and a scientist. 
We're more scientists than fucking yeah. Fauci, yeah. I know that. There, <laughs> there, there is the classic in Baconian sciences, which optics was one of them, mm-hmm. and like Sir Isaac Newton was one of those scientists. So it yeah. used to be so back. That's like science was, was rudimentary, <laughs> like you're saying. So what you're saying is we're basically Isaac Newton. A rudimentary Isaac Newton. I'm trying to bring it back, like with everything much better we're talking about, like even if we're shooting off that little round cactus. I think we're I supposed to be talking about Mills or some shit. Yeah, like we lost Mills. We were actually we were talking. We lost yeah. Mills long. We time lost ago. Mills a long we time. We lost because we can't like, find that. I want again because we're talking about you, know, Marines not coming out and doing this stuff, or just military guys in general. Regardless if it was tailored to us or if it was real PRS stage, the things that you can take away are ridiculously obvious once you start doing it. Like something as simple as is the bag sideways or is it long ways? Are you maximizing contact with the rifle, right? Because we we all know soft on hard. We all do it, but it's something as simple as turning the fucking bag ninety degrees and changing the amount of stability that you have. Like we're talking about wobble zones and getting being recoil management, being able to conduct follow through. Just that bag turning ninety degrees, Surface which area. is literally a flick yeah. of the wrist. And I want, I want to bring it back to this, like precision shooting, long range precision shooting. We are talking about an art that is a matter of uh, the smallest degree of nuance. I mean, when you do three clicks on your scope, think about how minuscule the tiny movements in that scope are between a hit and a miss. I'm more of the rudimentary. So they're imperceptible. So, so we're, we're perfectly willing to accept that the fact that a couple little clicks in this tiny adjustment in my scope is a hit or miss. But then we're shocked when it's like, I need to Rotate be the slightest adjustment to yeah. my bag, my body. No, the, 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 you know, this, with the circle of components that you guys teach, I think is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because you talk mm-hmm. about, there's no. the scope. There's the, I mean, the scope which is a highly precise, very nuanced instrument of engineering. Then you talk about the rifle. Talk about what you have to do with, a, with these companies now, to the, pre- the precision that they have to see and see these, 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 in, these aspects of our barrel and our action and everything. And we're talking about a sci- the science of, of just as much precision as your scope to produce an accurate barrel and, and action and stock, right? What's the least precise component in that in ammunition? You talk about reloading, seating depth, neck tension, to the, thou- the, the amount of grains in your bullet, the thousands of inches and the thousands of grains between, but these are all the super precise thing. And then we get to the shooter. And we're like the bag of meat. And we're like, no, we're like the bag of meat running around like a gorilla. Oh, you made me feel like a piece of shit right now. <laughs> we're like, dude, the, shoot, the shooter is like the shooter is like saying, "I've got a neck injury, and you're bringing in uh, a silverback gorilla as a paramedic to deal with a neck injury, right?" Like we are the worst nightmare for this precise, beautiful instrument, this precision weapon and, and scope, and then you put a freaking gorilla behind it and say, make it work. Like, we are the problem. Well, you get behind that rifle. I, I was walking back, so uh, <coughs> t- 
Ted Courageous from American Raft Company, the guy who makes those actions. Oh, yeah. So he um, he comes out every once in a while and we shoot, and uh, he's a fucking riot to hang out with, man. His he's, brain works completely different than yours and ours. It's amazing. It's really, really cool. I love talking to him. Because it will hunting or some every, shit. Every time I talk to him, I learn something. Like, Rain it's man. crazy. Um, but so we were talking about group sizes and group dispersions at 100 yards, and we shot a couple of groups and we walked down there. He brought one of his, um, he brought an Archimedes, a barrel from Patriot Valley, a CeeLo chassis, Whoa. a Schmidt and Bender scope, and a set of rings. And he was just like, I'm going to set this gun up and I'm going to videotape the whole thing. Literally, I'm going to torque the barrel on the action. I'm going to put the son bitch in the chassis, mount the scope, level the scope, zero this thing, and go to town. We're going to shoot some steel. And he did it. He did it in like 15 minutes. And all the machine, all the parts he's machined himself. So we shot some groups, and we looked at the group sizes, and you know he's shooting half minute or better groups out of this rifle that he literally put together on the gravel firing line with a wrench a torque wrench and some hand tools, right? That's it. And so he was talking to me and asking, he goes, do you, do you understand how much, in order to get a half a minute dispersion at 100 yards, and he started doing the fucking math, walking like in his, in his iPhone, it's three thousandths of an inch at 100 yards, or like it is shooting at your shooting position to vary, to get a half, in, a half minute group. Yeah. It's three thou at the fucking buttstock. Yeah, so that goes on like what I was going to say. Three thou at the buttstock. So your muscle memory needs to be within three thousandths. Your ability to know your position and adjust your position and feel it needs to be accurate within three thousandths of an inch. Meaning you have to be so, you have to like, you have to launch those bullets with that level of consistency in order for that to occur. Yeah. Yeah, so Frank, Frank had a good bit about that very same subject he talked about something like three thousandths of an inch some of that mm -hmm. at like of of rear back yeah, of rear yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. said and he did the math and he had it set out at a thousand yards what that changes it's like fucking i don't know the numbers like fucking 15 feet yeah. I, was, I was like a half a minute he put it in hundred right yeah just one times ten yeah you know and and it's it it puts into perspective like how everything has to be just so every time yep. to do to, to get repeatable yeah. results that are not just repeatable but predictable well, every the time. The bottom line is the bullet has to leave the muzzle at exactly the same instant to get the same impact. To get the same and, impact. And, and, and as a human being, because it doesn't help us a whole lot when we're shooters, for someone to tell us this, we have to translate that knowledge into what I'm doing when I'm behind the gun. And that comes into two things. I've got to either see those small adjustments in my sight picture, or I've got to feel them in my body. Right. Most of that is feel. Three thousandths, yeah. Most, most of that, most of that three thousandths. Yeah, most of that three thousandths comes into the feel of your position and your rear bag and your hands and your pressure, your cheek pressure, your hand pressure, your body position. Like that sense, those sensations need to be refined enough that you can detect three thousandths of an inch worth of difference between mm -hmm. right and wrong. Being neutral, neutral versus positive or negative and pressure. Right. Being versus being neutral and I'm I'm relaxed and I'm and then literally that the reticle is sitting there because 
it's literally it's sitting there because it is not because I'm forcing it to right and you have to be able to figure that out you have to be able to feel that and go I need to make an adjustment to release this tension yeah that's one of the biggest things that I'm going to take away you gave the explanation and Phil gave the demonstration as far as rifle being in place the only error that enters that rifle if sight, if sight pictures on the target and trigger control is perfect the only thing that's fucking up that break is my human error that's introduced to that. Mm -hmm. So, that. And, that, and that goes directly... Put, putting asymmetric pressure into the gun or some mm -hmm. shit like that. And that goes directly into like the things that we teach and even the way that I was brought up, you know, the introduction of a sling, whether you have positive or negative load, if I have sling tension attached to my belt, if I'm pushing into that rifle that we think is trapping it, but in reality, it's my, my body is now fucking up is this instrument, this do instrument do that's supposed to do what it does if I'm not there. You know, the, the, the best explanation that I, I came with in my own mind is, uh, so we've all done TCCC, you know, medical trauma related stuff, you know, uh, we, and, and anyone that's listening to this knows that when you, when you come up like a car accident or someone, someone that possibly has a neck injury, a spinal injury, right? Turn kid. Any <laughs> target, every time. <laughs> any, any, like when you come, when you come about someone with with a spinal injury, spinal. right? Anything you do, any movement you make to them, you're only going to make it worse. Mm. The whole goal when you've got a spinal injury is I, I need to not interrupt this. Shit. What's going on? The, anything I, I'm only making it worse as as I try to move this person, right? That is how we need to look at our rifle. Once, once that rifle is in good sight picture and, and, and it's aimed on the target, it's a, it has a spinal injury. It's a spinal injury. <laughs> it's a spinal injury. Hey, please tell me if I'm missing shit tomorrow, you did. Hey, your rifle's got a spinal injury. <laughs> your rifle's a spinal injury, and when you go spinal. to when you go get to get behind that son of a bitch and to go to fire it. You're the paramedic or the person that's only going to make it worse. So like, how do I, how do I get this thing lined up where the sight picture is aimed on the target? I've now somehow got to get behind this thing, pull the trigger, work the bolt, keep you know, and, and manage the recoil without further damaging the spinal injury. It's. I know that's going to get referred to now in the classes. It'll be funny. Well, he's only he showed me, to make a joke. He showed me the he showed me this video, uh, like this Mike Tyson oh, video yeah. where he's spinal, spinal. spinal. <laughs> no, yeah, he did not say that. He said spinal, spinal, <laughs> I said, spinal. I broke my back. I broke my back. What kind of back injury? Spinal, spinal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what. I for one. Am super boosted about this course this weekend. We're gonna have fun. I, I can't wait because, like I, like I told you, and I mean it. I, I have I come into everything with zero ego. Shooting, jujitsu, life, everything. Like I come in expecting to eat a bag of shit. I do. I think it flaw maybe, but I want you to you two to just. Fuck me up. We're gonna put Break, a put we're the gonna, we're gonna have a trigger cam on your scope okay. the whole time. I, I, do it, please. I want you to show me everything I did wrong and then unfuck me. I want you to unfuck everything I do. I'm gonna do my and best. Because I, I, I really feel as though when, when 
we all leave here. You guys were y'all here for the whole first class, yep. and you're here for this whole next. Yep. Fuck y'all. That's solo bastards. right there, man. Solo figured that shit out. Y'all are yeah. fucking lucky as shit. Took two I, 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 I would love to have been able to do both classes, um, but. I, I really do feel all of us are going to leave this weekend. We're going to leave Rocky Mountain, Virginia, Virginia, as as better shooters than when we got here, and I cannot wait for it. I left here. I left here a better shooter last year, that's for sure. It's the first time I'd ever shot at a venue like this on the East Coast, and I learned a lot about wind here. I learned a lot about how the wind affects areas like this region, and I, I you know, I learned a lot. If, if you quit, if you feel like you have nothing left to learn in anything you do, that's time for you to quit. Totally. That's time for you to Absolutely. stop doing it and find something that, you know, you also suck at. <laughs> today, <laughs> today I remembered what a sniper was working with again. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you, did. Yeah, you, did. you don't have to shot you can slap on the bag. We shot their qual. So we, we shot, shot a ball ball today. with their rifles. A really, really modified version because yeah. target distances and yeah. sizes and stuff. We were working with them. You had to make do with yeah. what you had set up. Um, but it was as close as we could get. It was as close as I could get it. And I can see exactly, I can see exactly what y'all are working with. So are, are y'all all shooting 308 right now? Like this weekend? No 300s. You're all shooting 308? Only God's round. 175 here. Alpha, Alpha 1. It's the only one. cartridge that ever existed on the, the planet. On the fucking planet, man. Well, I tell you what, if y'all can run a 308 good, you can run Any anything on the fucking planet good. Any cartridge good. And anything will only make you better because yeah, y'all are working with, uh, there's called God's Round because it was created when, when God was created. That's, <laughs> that's why I say. Um, but I, like I said, I really feel that everyone everyone taking this course is going to pull, if not just one thing, you're going to pull 20 things to take home. And and I, I for one, am, am super excited about it. And I, I appreciate you guys having me shit, up. Man. I really I really appreciate y'all letting me come up here and Hell yeah. hang out and, and shoot this shit with you guys. Hell yeah. I'm glad that y'all are here to barbecue steaks and hang out. And I don't know. I don't know how we have a Yeah, hey, hey, by the way, happy Veterans Day to all of you guys. And you. And you. And you. And the Marine Corps birthday. I love that it's the day before Veterans Day. We kicked it here, man. We grilled some. Did you get white girl drunk? Please tell me you did. Owen got white. You did that. You get shitty. Owen finally came out of the shell there. Yeah. I'm pretty shy. Anybody get naked? It ain't hard until someone gets naked. Anybody get naked? Yeah, well. They went to bed. We don't kiss and tell on the birthday, right? Well, they didn't know I was naked, but I was in there with them. Yeah, yeah. That was after they were going to bed. Yeah, we had a good time. That's cool. But again, thank you guys for your service. Currently, former. I really appreciate it. That's what makes this country right. go around. You too. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good three days. We've had nothing but great weather here, man. It's been yeah. Well, so I want to bring this up uh, because we've avoided it, and I, I, I feel like snipers avoid this a lot. Is we we just don't want to talk about wind. wind, 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 wind. I honestly the approach that Phil used during this and the not the realness of it. Because snipers in the sniper community, we get on this high horse where we think we have the answer. Yeah. And we preach that we have this formula, which, you know, it, it is a reliable formula to get you in a direction of a possible answer. 
but we're always so confident that good we, number. we are good. Yeah, way to go. But Phil opening mm-hmm. just as you know, introductory to win for this for the fundamental course. This I think hit it right on the head first point, which was. Wins one big ass motherfucking guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, and I'm glad that you resonated with that because, you know, I think I think for everyone in this room, that that feels like okay. I feel like even in the prone position, I fundamentally have everything down to the in terms of my science to the trigger press. That as soon as I connect to that rifle, I can put that bullet exactly where I want to. But wind is a motherfucker. But at the end of the day, equalizer. It is a big fucking guess. Hundred percent. And the wind doesn't give a shit about your perfect trigger press or perfect position, because as soon as as soon as you send it, it, it's gonna let you know. You're gonna slap that shit right on. Fuck you. Your wind call sucks ass. If you don't have a bunch of funky shit going on this week, today was today was a taste of because I've eaten dicks here because of that fucking wind. Today was a perfect example. So we started off, you know, I think it was Phil went first, I went second. I forget the number, but the rest of us went at some point in some order to do the you know our our qual, and every single motherfucker. Went through a different set of different conditions. So let me let shot. For it went from crazy wind, switchback well, wind, it's, zero it's, wind. It's fun when you wind. get all of those wind calls yourself, like <laughs> on a stage. Because I, out here just a month ago, I got hits on one stage on the same fucking target with four different wind calls. <laughs> that means I missed six fucking times. <laughs> okay, so and I got hits with yeah. four wind calls. Those are the best okay. ones. Same stage, same nine states. Nope, hold point two left. Okay, just hold center. Fuck it. Yeah, well, I like to say so for today. Like we were all out there shooting this morning, we uh, and, and it's not like we gaffed it off, right? Like thirty minutes before we started shooting, we were standing around with kestrels. You know, judging our useless, leave them in a bag other than your fucking dope, other than your drop, because they do not even... (laughs) I'm telling you, man, we were trying to practice what we preach. We were trying to map the wind, the speeds, the gusts, the lengths of it, the the average, looking at the vegetation. We were doing all that before we started this morning. We were trying to be... The direction don't matter. direction of value. We just started bullshitting about it. Like, hey, what do you think this is? What do you think? What is it? Welcome to Virginia, motherfucker, because it doesn't matter. Here, I I just... If you look at the lay of the land, you've got actually Pig River going through the range. It meanders through and turns. Yeah, that's down in the bottom of the water in there. So it goes down, it comes up. You've got... If you can look at a topography... Map here, a top a topographical map of this, of that area of the range. You're gonna be like, oh fuck! Now I now I see why I've got a dead nuts twelve o'clock wind, but I'm holding full value nine o'clock on the target. Mm-hmm. You'll see why, or vice versa. The bitch is when it's like I said, four wind calls in ninety seconds to get hits. Right? It's it's gust. From this direction, then it's dead nuts, nothing. It's nothing. And then the next one is a giant gust from the other direction. And then you're right back to where on your first wind call, kestrels do no good other than telling you your atmospherics and your fucking dope. The wind calls, <laughs> throw them away. You can take the impellers right out of them. Well, here's the thing. There's the whole, there's, so so it's in, the, in, the, in the activity sniper world, 
we always work with a spotter, right? So someone's just got a spotting scope and they adjust the focus of it specifically yeah, midway to, to get mirage between you and the target. Um, you're not doing that when you're looking through the actual scope of your rifle. Yeah, I know. Your job is sight alignment, sight picture. You're, you're going off your last. You're going off your last piece of known information, yeah. which is your last. And for active duty snipers, we rely on this other second person who's focused on the wind, and they're telling us our wind holds. Point two left. Point two left. Point, and they, they sort of, they repeat what the wind's doing at the moment. So it changes every couple seconds. So they're like point two left. Point five left. Point five left. Point two left. And then it's up to the shooter to listen to those wind calls and pick when they're going to shoot or whatever. Uh, in, in the competition world, like PRS, where you don't got a spotter, so now you're trying to call wind, but you're also you can't you can't focus just on wind because you've got all these other fundamentals of marksmanship you're trying to apply. Which rarely do get applied in PRS. <laughs> yeah. So basically, PRS needs to switch its name from Precision Rifle Series to Spot Your Impact Series. Yo, oh, yo, dude, I love that. That is, uh, that's the name of the game. That's, that's why I told you earlier when we were talking. I said, look, all the shit you know from being a Marine Corps Scout Sniper, when it comes to the game of PRS, you need to know the game of PRS. That's why everybody's dropping down to six millimeters and well, yeah, man, recoil yeah. management. Hey, I love my fucking 25, by the way. I'm, I'm loving it. But no, you. it is literally what he said is you throw a fucking digger, hold straight up a left edge, right? Expect your spin drift to drop you into the middle of the target. Oh, nope, it was. Uh, two tenths off the right, you correct off of that, and you shoot that until your wind call changes. Holds. Well, until it changes. Until it changes. While you shoot it while it holds. So you go into your very first shot of either that or if the wind is blowing where you know, like, all right, flat the edge, they're going to fucking cut it. You're going to have to big ass guess on the wind and, and hope that your wind call holds. If it doesn't, spot your impacts and then correct off that transpose your reticle from where that bullet splashed. If you didn't see it, well, it's, sorry, that's it. It's a wrap. You yeah. have to throw another one in there and hope you see that. So it's, it transposes your reticle from where that bullet hit over to the center of the target. And then that is the name of the game. Yeah. Balance a rifle, see, see impacts or misses through recoil, and then Correct off. Would you so you know you win. Why well, do that? You win everything. I kind of know the answer to this. You know, <laughs> win after everything. The, win everything. I kind of know the answer to this. Watch you know listening to you know Phil and Callum for this. But really, uh, if you can't manage your recoil, spot your impacts to correct for the following engagements, you stand zero chance. Yeah, Foxville. Okay, well, population let's, 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 let's 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 talk about the reality of, of being a combat sniper. And the way we, we, again, as instructors, we've all taught, like, shooter, spotter, okay? The reality of combat. Do you have a spotter there Fuck behind no. you? No, you don't. When push comes to shove. Everybody's doing work. He's man. shooting, too. He's shooting, too. <laughs> if you're he's, shooting, that's because he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's, he's shooting, too. If he's not shooting, I'm putting a fucking boot straight up his ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah what the say, fuck are you doing right now? In all honesty, you would have that observer for the first shot. Because after the first shot... The he's on the SR-25. Everything, everything changes. The goes south. Everything changes. He's, radio, yeah. he's throwing grenades. So, and and this, is, this, this was the, the yeah. biggest thing that yeah. always confused me Call with how... Call Air Force. <laughs> again, you know, and, and I know I'm preaching to the choir in terms of, of, terms of like, it's that shit's got to change. But like, 
The only difference between when Kalen went through cyber school and then when Santor went through cyber school, or Francis, is the, fact, is the fact that Francis shot off tripods. Yep. Oh, yeah. That is the only fucking difference. Dude, and I think that goes back to the ego shit. Like, it has caused us to not progress because it's not like the precision rifle world hasn't progressed in the time that we've been stacking. Yes. yes. And it's almost like the information is kind of like bogarted. It's almost just like there's gatekeepers. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, if you do not bow to me, you will not receive this information. Mm-hmm. And until you do, you will remain a peon. Right? Yeah, it's not secret squirrel shit anymore. It's not, and so that's yeah. the thing. That's that's really what we've tried to do. Like that's what we're trying to do with the rifleman network and all the shit, is to make that information completely transparent and readily available, and then also give people an opportunity to ask questions. As, with that education, are you going to have a a thing for the listeners to be able to shoot ninety degrees? <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that. Yeah. You know, we, we have a super strong feeling on 90 degrees shooting. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like turning your rifle 90 degrees. 90 degrees. Oh, right. Right. And side shooting rifle. it on its side. Side yeah. prone. Mm-hmm. Side prone. It's as queer as a $2 bill. No, no, you're not doing it. You're not doing it. You're not doing gangster prone. You're not doing gangster prone. No, I'm not doing gangster prone. I won't this weekend unless you make me do it. You're not going to try to shoot your next mule deer buck or your next whitetail from side prone just to prove a point? Negative. I'll tell you what, your first shot is smart fucking. I'll tell you what, though, your first shot tomorrow Side prone. I mean, I'm not scared. I'm about it. So if well, you know, if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. I, yeah, you know, I'm not. I don't mean to brag about myself, so, but uh, I, 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 I kind of a big deal. <laughs> I, I, I have mastered the 90 degree snipe rifle shooting, uh, and it became boring to me. <laughs> boring, monotonous. I, I, I was I was hitting things with my snipe rifle on the side at 90 degrees, and I was yawning. I was complaining to my wife. Uh, and how, how, how meaningless my life had become because I'd become so comfortable shooting at 90 degrees. And then I started shooting at uh, 100 degrees. 100? 100 degrees. Purposely That's the new thing. Can't. That's the new thing. Did you do the formula to... I, well, it's, it's a whole different formula. Can't. It's a whole new formula with new constants, right? I bet they got a horse radical for it. Uh, no, horses only... Their horse is stuck at 90 degrees. I'm the new shit. I'm the new shit. I added a third level. Six second arrows. I'm six second arrows. I'm six second arrows. I shoot. I shoot at a hundred degrees. His new nickname's gonna be Five Doff. Yeah. Five Doff. I'm not. I'm nine Doff. You thought there was only six degrees of freedom? I found three more. <laughs> And I shoot those degrees at a hundred degrees. <laughs> nine degrees at a hundred degrees. I shoot nine degrees at a hundred degrees. That's what I do. You're a master. Yeah. This is the way. This is the new way. People know me. <laughs> kind of a big deal. It, it's an inside joke. I'll tell you about it. It was funny. Super funny. But to bring it back to the combat sniper and how it relates to PRS and what we've learned here is it's it's invaluable. Look at him being responsible. I that, was have to. T- that was a good tie. I have that was to. a good tie. I have to because because we're not doing it. Like like Phil said, how often do you have a spotter? Never. Never. 
you have to be a competent enough shooter to be able to engage a target at a distance and affect it on your own. Yeah. And if you can't do that, you're completely useless. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because at that point in time, you're just throwing throwing bullets down down range. Well, and, and I think of there's you know because we just did wrap up the longest war in America's history, right? So we've got you know several million veterans that live in America now, and one one thing that came out of the wars, the two wars, as far as snipers are concerned, is that this idea of having some person that's on the battlefield, a trained person, and that they're just going to sit there behind a spotting scope while there's bad guys being shot. Bad guys on the battlefield. And they're, I'm going to sit back here and call wind and give corrections. Uh, was immediately ridiculous once we got there because that's another person that could be in the fight. That needs to be in the fight. That need to be, needs to be in the fight. And... Uh, you just you I mean you gotta be able to spot your own stuff. You you gotta be self sustaining when it comes to sniping. You gotta be able to spot your own rounds, make your own corrections. That was like the number one thing that came out of the immediately when the war started, the first lesson that came out of it was yep. I don't have a spotter sitting there. Mm-hmm. That is something you definitely, definitely learn and damn near perfect in competitive shooting in yeah. this in this game. As contrived and as hokey some stages can be. Now, that's one thing I will say about Josh. They're tough. Nothing's fucking hokey at Pig River matches. They're really not. They're not like, fucking really? You know, it's none of those. And we've all shot those stages. Like, really? Were you drunk when you wrote this stage? Like, like today? No, this is... You won't have that here. But even, even, even those stages, there's something to learn and take home from them. There's something like... If, if you can shoot an entire two-day PRS match and you can legitimately say, I didn't hit every target, but I saw every bullet... Yeah, that's... You, you fucking... You're ahead of the game already. Like you're, you're a better shooter because of it. Period. Just that. Fuck wind. Everything else. If you can just say, I saw, I, I, every bullet was accounted for, hit or miss, that was, that made the whole weekend worth it. I, no. I learned something and I'm a better shooter because of it. And I would agree, like I said, even if it's a hokey stage, right? Like, I know, it's been, I, I can't remember when you did it, but filled in that video where he put every bag on the planet somehow on his body with his tripod. Or his tripod. And he did that, you know, it was, and it was a joke, but we've, the same thing in our course, because we've been following MDS and modern day rifleman for a while, and we've been trying to figure out, like, how do we, how do we bridge that gap? How do we make that applicable to, we'll call it a real life scenario. These guys come with these big, huge bags to, you know, to fill the negative space. And we're like, how do we, we can't, that's not going to happen. We're not going to walk around with it. A huge bag like that. It's, you're not doing that on patrol. You take 20 little bags. <laughs> or 20, yeah, or, you know, everybody's little bag. Yeah, or 20 little bags. But what what could we do to make that realistic for us? A day pack. You walk around with a three day bag, right? And you can you can one strap that three day bag, spin it around to the front, and now you have rear support. If you don't have a position where you can use a tripod and you're shooting off of a random aperture, mm-hmm. so. Again, like we're saying, the, the PRS game, the NRL Hunter game, 
the game itself that we're talking about, you can still, if you're open-minded about it, you can look at, hey, this is what they're doing. How can I mimic that in a military application? And then how do we make these young guys figure that out and how they can apply it where it's like, you don't need to buy 500 Armageddon bags or, you know, you could go, you could go shoot an NRL hunter deal with all of your shit. Just, just like we were shooting today. And you could shoot every single one of those stages exactly the way that you would want to carry your kit and figure out if it's going to work or not. And you have two days to fix things and tweak stuff and get it dialed and be like, you know what? This fucking thing pisses me off. Get rid of it. I need this. Let's try to figure something out. You don't want to go to fucking run to the hardware store because I need a fucking, I need some bailing wire and a couple of screws to fix this shit. Yeah. I mean, just like we used to do back in the day, how did we didn't have hog saddles? We didn't have we had PVC bags, pipes, we didn't have mugs. What did we do? Screws. We went to Lowe's, we bought PVC pipe, yeah. and we cut it in half, duct taped it, shoe gooed it, and we duct taped it. We cut some isomat to make soft on hard, and that's what we did with a camera tripod, like a legitimate Walmart fucking thirty dollar camera tripod. I love what the NRL I mean, Hunter series is doing. I we don't have that here, really, East Coast, which yeah. it, it sucks, but. Just seeing what they're doing, like I hope the NRL, that's just the direction they go from now on. Like there's there's no more NRL PRSC matches. They own the if they just own that, like own the PRS or the NRL Hunter series and just expand it, the, 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 then you've got you got apples and, and hand grenades, not even oranges. <laughs> I mean it's two different separate things and the, because I think where we talk about the PRS is is no, it's not applicable as far as the stages that you shoot, but the skills that you can learn yep. is from having to perfect that game, you can definitely apply it. But the NRL hunter, dude, I mean, y'all are hunters of men, you're hogs. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying even, uh, I would argue even the PRS thing, like just today, when Phil hit one the last stage which was the barrel stage all four of us just to where he decided to use the bag we were all like oh that motherfucker that's smart as fuck and even me being stubborn i got to that stage didn't i didn't do, i didn't do that technique and, and i didn't you and did i did the way you did the way that you yeah in your mom i did i did the, you i did it the way that i was comfortable with even though yeah. i watched that and i was like i know that's better i know it's better because Guess who hit the fucking target on the first shot? And, and, and I did it my way, and I missed it the first one, and then I hit the second one, then I missed the next target on the first one, and hit the second one, and it literally took Rob. I was like, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, Solo, come here. He's like, I'm gonna set this up, but I just want you to get behind the gun. And I was like, I knew that. It was so much everybody else. Did, everybody else did it, and they hit on the first. Well, one. I will I say the caveat, and Phil knows exactly what I'm talking about. The caveat to that is in competition. You see one guy run a stage, like you, you get up to yeah. the stage, you read the damn stage brief, you're like, all right, I know my mind, you see yourself run it how you're going to, and then the first guy to get up there and run it completely different than you, and he gets like a, drops like two shots or, or cleans it or whatever, you're like, oh fuck, that's nothing like I was planning on doing, that shit yeah. works. And then you go, well, you don't know that that guy shoots like that all the time. Yeah. And you go do that, and then it's oh, you just which fucking I, eat it. Which I think it because <laughs> you probably should have known it had you originally. Yeah. Which, 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 which was, which was, a, which was a lot of what I thought, but when, because I was the last one to shoot, so when every other motherfucker did it that way, and then the target. Well, well here's like, the difference. Here's the difference. Solo 
knows how to use a rear bag. He does it. He does it plenty. You've, you use rear supports all the time. So it was, if you've run a stage, so the example ego. that yeah, would ego. be, if you've run a stage similar to one you're at, or hell, if you've run that exact same stage yeah. before, okay? Which it was a stage that we set up. Yeah, well, then, then, yeah, yeah, I would suggest before, go like, it when, well, when it would matter, see, this weekend doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you miss it or if you hit it or whatever. This is a, a training weekend, but and if this was a competition, by all means, shoot it the way you've shot it before, assuming that you had success with it when you shot it before. But if if you sucked ass at it last time, then you had nothing to lose. So it, but yeah, trying something new when the like it's crunch time is risky. It yeah. can pay off. It can bite you in the ass. Yeah. Well, so, so this actually, I wanted to bring this up earlier, but just do it time right. You mentioned a mention. You mentioned this earlier about pressure. About doing stuff under pressure. Beep. Rest. Well, plenty of pressure. Well, let me let me ask this. Uh, that pressure is. Uh, I was. I, I'm going to suggest that pressure is all completely and 100 percent developed inside your brain. What, no, it 100 percent is yeah. absolutely. Now, is. now, if there's if there's a bad guy out there that's trying to kill you, that's real pressure. That's that's an external source of pressure. Yeah. All competition, the only pressure you experience in a competition is purely generated and fabricated internally. It's make-believe. Your brain is make-believing a reason to feel pressure, and that pressure is then causing your performance to deteriorate. That's why you're, it, it 100% is. There's two forms of pressure. There is pressure of being timed and pressure of peer pressure. You want to well. You want to shoot well in front of other people. You want to shoot well in front of people that you know. At the end of the day, oh, a hundred percent. Everything, all of that is. That is one reason why, me specifically, I don't hear time. I don't care. I don't care. I shoot fast anyway. I try to time out because I'll shoot better if I do. If I just let it go to my own devices, I'll finish a stage with thirty seconds left on the fucking clock and. You know, drop five shots or so more. Would you say, Dave? It's a it's a fair statement to say that. Don't give a fuck about the clock. That get your hits. Yeah, that, you're better um, off that, getting seven uh, seven impacts than you are eight misses, but fast. Or, or worst case scenario, let's imagine you get last fucking place at that competition. I'm never showing up. Ever Who again. cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? If you I'm get selling all my shit. Dude, <laughs> up Dude uh, if, so here's here's my point: is if the pressure is sourced internally inside your own brain, you can turn it off. You are in complete control of that. It's, sure. it's, it's in fact, um, if you let it get to you, that is only your responsibility. It is your fault. Nobody can make you feel anything. No one can make you feel pressure in a competition. The only thing you now, can't control now, now, you're shooting RPGs at me. The only thing, the only two things that you cannot control in in competition settings: the course of fire and the wind. Uh, no, yeah. and, and and by the way, there's no and, reason and how other people perform. And, and well, you know I'm what? Right. True. Well, well, and to be honest, as as and you, to be honest, there's no reason that any of that should create pressure. In no, you. that's right. You're 100 uh, percent right. There's no reason. There's no reason for any of that to cause your your fight or flight mode to kick in, to cause yeah. adrenaline. Like all of these things are completely internally driven. 
and what well, and it, and you know I, I, I want to be you know a little bit forgiving here. It's natural for us. It's not like you're an asshole because you feel pressure in a competition. Right? I'm not saying that. Uh, it's natural for human beings to be to in, to for this to be invoked in us. But I personally think that you gain just as much as hard as you work on your positions, on your win calls, on get on getting your dopes and and truing your trajectory and validating it, and reloading your ammunition. It's just as worthy to work on your own psychology it's on how more. to not it's more on to not get stressed out when the, that timer goes off when that beat goes off. You have to train just as hard to control your psychology to not freak out, and you will probably see just as much improvement in your performance working on that as you do working on your positions and sure you do probably more so I, that's why I go into competitions with a complete apathetic attitude I don't give a fuck so how about so I the, suck the same I know thing, I suck that's same, why I don't win is because I suck the same thing can be said about um, mm-hmm. qualification for especially for these guys mm-hmm. uh, that are instructors right because one yes. of the things that yes. I remember battling as an instructor when it came time to like right before qual day for our students is like hey it's just another day of shooting Mm-hmm. Right, because these guys are shooting the same course of fire, and you see them doing great. That's real pressure. Though. I've heard it's you either I show up times. and do it, it or it, I fucking go home. Dude, you think I a competition is stressful? That's stressful. But but, but like, it's how do these guys mind. right um, that are cur- that that face that you know we one thing we do is face those competitors like our right, it's just a stage right but. For these guys, like that have students, that th- this is their career. It's life, right? Your life is over if you don't pass. It, it's right. It's like it's like now they cannot do the things that they were planning on doing because of this specific call. Yeah, you're you're getting fired. Well, that's, that's you, you, and, and by the way, you passed an in doc to get into your sniper platoon. You suffered for it. You've struggled for six months, a year, whatever, as a pig. Maybe. And now you're a sniper school. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe a week. Yeah. yeah, and now you're at sniper school, at least, and you're weeks. and you're six weeks into sniper school, and it all comes down to this day. But that is right. now. Now you compare that to I drunk. I, you know, I, I'm going to a local PRS competition. There's no. And I just don't want to look stupid. There's no comparison. I just don't no. want to look stupid. There are definitely so many more pressures on performing as a sniper in the military, whether it's. Passing a qual to do your job, to pass or, a school to you, or shooting somebody and killing them so they don't kill. What them. kind of pressure? Yeah. But what kind of pressure is that? on like for for the for for when? Okay, qual day, three, KD uh, forty. The the hard. I would say the hardest. Unless you, you were a good stalker, or I mean, unless you were like the worst stalker, the hardest qual at sniper school is forty KD. The very first one up front. And all the other falls out of your It's your first serious, like, pass or fail. It's because mathematically yeah. you have the least chance of passing. The, yes. Because of the capability of the gun and the conditions. Well, so... so That's a man who's done his homework right there. Yeah, well, so He's let me ask you. I think, Kaylee, I think you were there. One day. There was uh, a... There's a new look. When I was instructor at Sniper School... is like, but I called on day one. So I was instructor at Sniper School. I actually got a 19 day one out of 35. Oh, shit. And then I went, sure, no, I need you to be my observer, and I passed. So, so I was instructor at Sniper School, and there was... Uh, uh, a student that so in sniper school for the listeners you get three qualifications uh, you got to pass one of the three 
And there was a point, I remember we had one student, I don't even remember his name, but he, because uh, he was a useless pig to me, and he's not worth remembering. But, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. But anyway, uh, he, he came to his third qualification. He came to his third qualification, and you have to get 28 hits out of 35 to pass. And he came down to the last, the thousand yard line. And it came down to place to be. It came down to his last shot at a thousand yards. I have so much anxiety just. Yeah, he did. He had twenty-seven. Right, his score was twenty-seven, and he needed twenty-eight pass. The last shot. And it was his last shot. Mm -hmm. And everyone else was pretty much done. And so all the instructors were standing around him, and of course, were berating him and reminding him that he needs. To hit this last shot, or, or, yeah, or his dreams, or his dreams of being a sniper evaporate in front of him, right? Super fucking good pressure. And he, and I got, I got to give it to him. I didn't see any reaction. Were you there for this? I see his veins. Uh, no. So he, and he shoots his final shot, and the target goes down in the butts, and there was like. Fucking dead silence, dude. Like, even the instructors were like, silence. And it comes back up, and it was a hit. And he passed. And we're like, oh! Like, the whole, everyone goes, oh! Everybody starts freaking out. And he rolls off the gun and vomits. Alright, <laughs> 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 fail. That's that's pressure, man. That's like pressure. that's that's stress. Yeah, there's no, there's we, no we, doubt. So we we did that one time with a student. It was it was the only student that hadn't qualified yet. Do you remember? Was this your class? What's his name? Uh, I can't remember. We what does he look he, like? Uh, he shot 27, last shot. Half high haircut. But we fucked Wait, it. Is that whatever you want to fuck with? Yeah, yeah instructor Sachs okay. texted like, throw up a miss. Mm -hmm. Oh, they screwed with him. That's oh, cruel, that's dude. Fucking cruel. That's cruel. That's cruel. We, it was, it was, we threw up a miss, but they dropped. He had hit, but, but he they intentionally hit. put up a miss. To yeah, yeah. So, him. like, he shot. He, like, from the time that he shot. To the time he got back to this class, oh. he was getting dropped. Like he's like, "Fuck, I fucking failed." That's cool. I hate pigs, but I would never do that. You that's cruel. The only one thing our staffs are going to know is your first call. Your first call. Then from there, from known distance, you go into the next phase, which is you start learning mission planning, stalking, and then unknown distance. Uh, it's probably so, the most stressful uh, part. This, this brings you back to my point of like the the first third like, of school. It's crazy exactly. that Owen, who was instructing at cyber school twenty years ago, was talking about the same exact qualification that I know is being done Still at this point. Twenty eight out of thirty five to qual. I mean, I know that's legendary, but at the same time, it's like, come on, let's look at this. Let's look at this and like like. Where are we at? In terms of, in terms of like even just the competition scene, y'all like, are shooting a slower rifle now. Yeah. yeah. In, oh yeah. Well, oh, 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 I just want to say that. Wood guns are pretty. No, no, no. It's it's a it's a one MOA gun, but you're gonna take a gun that was the M48-5 with a full stock with a 24 inch barrel and cut five inches off and yeah. change the twist rate and try to say that it's just as capable. It's just not. It's not. So so. So like you're taking you're taking a bullet you're taking a 308 bullet that's moving at like 2720, 
or it's like 175 grain bullet. 2650. Then taking it down to about 2600. Oh, because these are these are 20 inch barrels of suppressors. There's, there's and so different. you're you're but then you're holding them to the same standard yeah. of distance. Yeah, which, which at, it has nothing. We all know that range is just a number, but the but it's not that. It's the wind effect. Well, and it's just going to go to transonic quicker. It, exactly. It's already right. so going slower Transonic is going to occur. We have issues with that, and then also we have issues with wind. As that bullet gets slower and slower, oh, yeah, it's getting more affected by the wind, yeah. obviously. So, oh, and, it, yeah. and then the the amount of training that these guys get is not it's not up to the level in terms of times and repetitions that you can expect somebody to to to, to consistently estimate wind speeds within one mile an hour. Well, and that that what you just said goes back to I don't know if y'all heard them to mention about the last episode I recorded with them and my rant on police like LEO sniper community. It's the same fucking problem. It is the same. It problem. is it is allocation of fucking funds. Where is it prioritized? If you're a law enforcement sniper, okay, that's your job now. That's what you do. You're a cop. You're expected to do whatever it is that you call to do. But they give you like fucking fifty dollars a month in ammunition to practice with. How fucking good are you think you're gonna be with that? But you I'm guys, I know you. Yeah. You, I think y'all specifically probably get more than other units. Yeah, than, and I would agree. But also, this is some of the things that we have been implementing in our course. Again, a lot of thanks to these two and the stuff that they've been putting out, and us being able to pull from it. Like I was talking to Phil earlier, is at a hundred yards. You can learn a lot about your capabilities. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. We, oh, we yeah. started, I mean, it was Rob's idea, and we capitalized on it is the consistency drill that these guys put together and mm -hmm. how you run it. We would make our students on Monday, this is the this is your warm-up drill. We're going to run the consistency drill. We haven't taught you jack shit yet other than some PowerPoint classes. Yeah. Do the crap. The crap. We just talked to you. I love it. So you're going to run that? You're going to run that? But you still got to have Obviously, you got to I'm saying obviously they zero, but again, it's 15 rounds. Yeah. So it's, hey, you're going to zero. You know, you're going to chrono. I don't want to get into the training thing, so we're not going to talk about that because it's not necessary for our course. And then you're gonna run the consistency drill. I wanna see what you've retained and what you've got, what you're bringing to the table, so I know what I'm working with. And then we go through whatever that course of fire is and all that training for the day. At the end of the day, you're gonna run it again. So, and then the next day we'll do another drill and then the, and end with the, that same drill so they could see progression, whether they maintained atrophied or they got better by the end of the day. Um, well, I so, mean, one, of, one of the big important things with the warm-up drill is once I'm first getting on the rifle today, I'm paying attention to fundamentals that, that as much as I possibly can. Obviously, when I start doing different positions, pay attention to wind and stuff like that, like my mind can go away. So start out, fundamentals is my focus. Shoot your course fire, whatever you're going to shoot for the day, and then you're ending on fundamentals so that whenever you walk away from your gun, that's the last. That those are the last. So I, I, I'll say this. So so sniping is a science. Uh, let's let's just. I'm going to say I'm going to say that out loud. Uh, a lot of people are going to get mad about that. Going back to Isaac Newton. They like calling in our... Isaac Newton, motherfucker. Uh, really, sniping is a science. It's a science. And the areas which we don't, don't quite get, we like to call that art. Uh, but it's, it's all science. And if you, if you really look at what's happening, like when we're out shooting, we're, we're conducting scientific experiments. 
The problem is, is most of us aren't trained scientists. Just don't look at so we, we, we're poor at, at capturing, we're, we're poor at planning what we're about to do, and then we're poor at capturing the data and analyzing correctly. We do a pretty good job, but we could do way better. So for example, 100 yard shooting. What's the value in it? Well, there are certain variables that you're eliminating when you shoot at 100 yards. Right? Wind, for example. If I'm shooting at 100 yards, I'm getting pretty much zero training in wind. Right? I'm expecting that wind is, is insignificant. So what variables in group size and accuracy am I evaluating at 100 yards? The human error. Not the human which ones am I, which ones am I truck? But, but you should go in, but you should know going before you go to do it. You should think about, here's all the variables when I go to shoot. Here's the ones that are going to be manifested at 100 yards, and here's the ones I can eliminate, right? So you don't go shoot at 100 yards and say, I'm gonna see how good I'm at, I'm at calling wind, right? Mm -hmm. But what, what variables, and you should know these, you should know them by, you should have them all written out. What variables am I evaluating shooting at 100 yards, and how am I going to determine which variables are having an effect? And that's that's why we do all those different drills, and 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 that's why I love how these guys ran their first day, because they started at 100 yards and they had a series of different drills, and before each one, they said this is what this drill is going to evaluate. We're taking away it was it was a science experiment. We 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 zero everybody. We make sure you're zeroed, and then we're like, here's the thing we're changing. We're taking away your rear bag. Bill Nye, the fucking science. So you you and you saw you saw yourself group with all perfect conditions, right? You you perfect conditions, everything you needed, the best scenario, prone, rear bag, everything, right? Now you saw your group ten minutes ago. Now take away rear bag, take away the rear bag, shoot more groups. What changed? What changed from the group ten minutes ago to now? Because we now know what the change is. We took away the rear bag. That, you know, so they systematically take one variable away at a time and you get to see the differences in your groups. So you get to see this is what happens if, I, if, if I'm shitty in my rear support, this is how I see it. If my natural point of aim is off, this is how I see it. They systematically for that first day took away one variable at a time at 100 yards and allowed you to see what would happen in your own groups once that variable was changed. And then, only and only then, do we then go on to introduce these other wind, variable positions, all these things. It's a step-by-step -step approach. And also, yeah. brilliant. just Genius. keeping in mind that taking a step back and revisiting those are crucial. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Are crucial as you continue to progress. Yep. Yep. I feel like I missed the fucking party. Like, well, you guys have been shooting all week, having fun and shit. I'm coming like a fucking asshole. <laughs> you hey, we shot the day. We shot the day. Yeah, I we shot three rounds a day. Well, Did you make those three rounds count? Yes. I got two hits. The last one I saw Garoff left dead. That's the one you learned from. Damn. Whole right wing. <laughs> you all, are you all ready for tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good time. This week's going to be good. No, I'm excited for the advance. I think we're going to... We're gonna, I've been brainstorming about like the last few days, and I was talking to Caitlin about the site. Like, what do I, what do we need in advance students know? And and 
can again like we're big fans of find your own truths right and what the like I know it sounds kind of hippie, it's but like it's way millennials, fuck. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come yeah, on yeah. now. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like the reality is, is like I hate, I hate not only regurgitating stuff from my experiences. I want you to see it for yourself. Sure. Oh yeah. Right. Because now Bruce what you're doing is you should become Bruce an, an advocate. Man. Fuck. For not only our our instruction and what we teach at Modern Day Cyber, but for yourself, right? Uh, and especially for these guys, right? And I, and I know what it's like to be in a position to like, to like see people in like high places like, oh, he does fucking cool shit. And like, he's fucking teaching fucking godlike things. Right. And then when, now that I'm in the industry and it's like, like that is full of shit. Right. Like how the fuck, how the fuck does anyone put that dude on a pedestal? Don't meet your heroes. Right. And yeah, yeah never meet your heroes. And now what I want to do is just equip these guys with the information of like, go out there and find your own troops. We're going to show you how to do it. We're going to show you what to look for, right? So that you can do it and find it yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what the next three days is going to be about. I'm fucking boosted. Let's do it. Self-discovery. That's got hard on. Self-discovery. I like that. It's going to go on a shirt. Yeah. I yeah. dig it. Proofs and pudding. Find your own truths. Proofs and pudding. I, well, yeah. you Are y'all going to have a... You can do that. I ain't teaching nothing. Nobody learns that. With lightning, Maybe bolts, tie with, tie with lightning bolts on the background. Yeah, lightning bolts, yeah. I don't know. But nobody nobody, knows, nobody cares about lightning bolts anymore, and it's beautiful. Well, yes, but not, but not the, as good. But, you know, not the Dungeons and Dragons lightning bolts. Wait, before we end this lightning podcast, bolts. lightning bolts. Can we see the brands? We just want to see it. <laughs> Dude, no, we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the generation after the brands. Dude, I have no brand. There was, have, you, have you heard about the brands? There's a person in my, my last platoon that got brands in graduated summer of 2020. Well, bolts. Well, yeah. literally yeah. all my seniors, yes, yes. all my senior hogs, every brands. one of them had lightning bolts. Me none, man. none of my generation pigs. Like yeah. the very next one had no. none. Really? That, that was like that so. Fast, it was so. Yeah. It was so faux pas at that point in time that it was just the like way it looked like. We, we would just look at the that, that generation and be like, man, you motherfuckers are savages. <laughs> but I... I don't want to yeah, brand myself. It, it came around. Because then it came back. It came Not back. Not the brands, but... I mean, a lot of my seniors just had a very bold on their chests. Yes. Or yes. their Which is... I've known people... I've known dudes that got purposefully, um, intentionally, surgically scarred by like a body alteration piercing specialist to scar themselves to the point where like you could see it through a tight fitting t-shirt. Yeah. Savage. Yeah. Just can't like, go to pool parties after that. Savage. Man. No, no, no. We were on a, we were on a Liberty boat in, in Thailand headed out to, uh, uh, Fifi Island. And this dude took his shirt thing. off and, um, there were some Germans, German tourists on board the ship. Oh, oh, I, you're y'all 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 I get what y'all know. Y'all y'all right now. Talking about triggers. No, no, it was not good. Y'all could have picked some really upset about that. And shit. it was just like, I mean, no, we just it wanted was to really take everything from the Just like Tyler, Tyler, um, what's his name? What? Tyler, uh, from Max Ordnance. Oh, he's got him on his fucking wrist. And he's, he's gotten shit about it. And he's like, you know, from people who don't know the fuck it is, but. I can see how though it's the same SS lightning bolts as you know it is yeah it looks it looks you know, like funny. It. I can understand yours are that yours hidden in there though Marine, Marine, in, 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 now it's now several years ago 
to me it seems like yesterday, there was this uh, photo that came out of uh, a recon unit in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. And they had the, the, the SS flag. Scott Sniper flag, and <coughs> CNN grabbed it because That's, they love, uh, you know, Brian Williams rape basing, right? So CNN loves rape basing. Nazi. So they got their hands on this photograph somehow and broadcast to America, like, ah, oh, white supremacist Nazis are running the military, sort of, you know, narrative. That was the downfall. downfall and, of and, and, this, so that sparked, and I think, you know, I think, you know, well, I'm, you might not be, and then we got you were still in. I was still in. And oh, yeah. so the, the Commandant oh, and the Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. He was at 30th So the Commandant and the Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps did a tour around the entire Marine Corps giving us, giving us a speech on how the, 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 the Scout Sniper, the SS for Scout Sniper, was no longer allowed. They went to sniper school. I shit you not. And they told them, go through all of your books, and, every, and you were not allowed to have any words in your books that have two S's next to each other. Oh, wow, that's fucking gay as shit. If there's, if there's a word that has two S's next to each other, find a different word. They, this is what was told to Sniper School. Do you, the funny thing is, the Sergeant Major at the time, and I'm not going to name him, I'm not going to name him. You should. Yeah, are you talking about the Barrett? <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't name him. I'm talking about Barrett. So, well, I, you know what? I'm Amazing. Sticking. I didn't name him. I was next. I was okay. next. I didn't name him. Okay. Well, I just want to say, I didn't name him. What's his name? I'm not a Marine. Sergeant Major Barrett. Barrett. The dude, this was the Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps that, with the Commandant, was the one going around preaching to everybody how they can't do this. The dude had an SS brand on his calf because he was in a scout sniper platoon. He Way had the brand. I, yeah. Back in the running days. around threatening everyone. That's why. Like, that's why he fun. couldn't wear PT shorts. Oh yeah. Yep. That's Dude, why, that's why they made the Marine Corps. We're exposing you today. Unrelated, but kind of related. It's a funny story, kind of. This that is was a sad. Epic really. podcast. Dude, it's kind of sad. So CL, my, my <laughs> buddy, <laughs> he, he has he has a friend that owns like a, like a million acres in really? Australia. Okay. I think so. He lives here. He gets calls. He ended up having to sell the land because he was tired of the phone calls. He was getting calls every day almost from foreigners, like most, like 90% were Germans, asking if they could go and hunt Aborigines on his fucking land. Dear Lord. Fucking people. I'm, I'm like, bro, the Nazis still live. Norm McDonald was right. Yeah. There, I mean, he, said, he, said, he said like 90% of them were Germans. There were other people too, but none, none were Americans, America. You hear that shit? None were Americans. They were all you fucking foreign. Yeah. Yeah. But they wanted to hunt Aborigines on his land. He's like, you want to what? And then he'd hang up the phone. And then the next day, he had another phone like, call from... Let me hunt Aborigines, yeah. Yeah. Let me hunt Aborigines. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, but there's still people... Let me tell you this. I'll way. tell you this. You know what? If someone sees a Scout Sniper brand and they're German and they want to get offended, and I'm like, how are you offended? You're the ones that were fucking slaughtering Jews. You're the evilest country in history. And you're offended? The world is offended that you still exist, Germany. Your beer sucks. We're offended at your existence. Still. Norm MacDonald was right. We need to be afraid of Germany. R.I.P. People will never forget. R.I.P. Norm MacDonald. But Norm MacDonald warned us. Yeah. 
They have no right to run around this, being this, triggered. This podcast turned into an epic turn. Yeah. <laughs> epic turn. Yeah, wait, you, you get a bunch of like trolling. You can get trolled by the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> they have to troll. They have to troll modern day. Thanks for listening to the modern day sniper. <laughs> well, so that um, that does it. That model that'll that'll do. That's awkward about, ending. That's about two hours. No, that was a good podcast. I enjoyed it. That's that's Bush League shit though. I'm telling you, I've done three hours on my fucking self before. That's, well, you yeah, told me that you talked to a goddamn wall if that was the only thing that was there. Oh, well, that cactus right there, medium. Yep, get you just fucking chill <laughs> off. You, what, what was the what was the volleyball's name? Wilson. 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 That's Wilson. I'm, that, that might be missing. Bush League. Fuck. Yeah, you don't got those spines. I wish I took all the spines. Only the first time I've done that. I thought it was fake at Lowe's. It was fucking real. I had a whole look like my hand was a porcupine. It was all fucking in my hands and shit. That was a 45 minutes of pain. I've done it. I'm fucking done. Right what time on. we got to be there one more? You got to get the fuck to the hotel. What time we got to be there one You got to be there by 8 o'clock. We're taking a roll call at 8 o'clock. Copy that. Peace out. Okay. All right, guys. We're, we're incorporating sleep deprivation into yeah, sure we are. We are. It's realistic. Real, hard realistic. It's we're just hard, we're gonna be out there. We're gonna build a hide out there. We'll just be out there. Semi semi railroad ties. With railroad ties. You're gonna carry those railroad ties. Set up an urban hide inside the the shoot house, and we'll inspect it in the morning. There's a shoot house out there. I forgot where. Connex. The Connex was. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. We'll make our own loopholes. Don't worry. We got you. I appreciate you all having us on, though. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. No, thanks for coming out, man. We, we like, Kaylin and I, we truly appreciate having you guys out here. Like, it means a lot. Just because, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we talk about the community all the time, and we, we are always trying to find ways to to give back to what allows us to do what we're doing now. And we mean, we mean that. You know, we're not we're not able to be where we're at without the community. Like, we, love, we love what we do, and we love being around people that love what they do. And that's we're, what makes this circle of people special. We're, we're about to drop some bombs in the community. We're about to start um, giving some giving some people in the community a, an opportunity to learn above and beyond what they what they currently have access to. And so we're pretty excited about that. At zero cost, but they're done. Zero cost, zero yeah. cost. The only cost it is, is, is their time. Yep. And exactly. if you're a sniper listening to this, don't be a fucking pussy and do it. We've been, like I said, we've been pushing it for a while. Like I said, that's why same thing, we run your guys' drills. We don't we don't try to hide it. We're kind of like we made up our own shit. We leave your logos on it. And we tell them, like, you can go to this website. You can go to these dudes, and you can pull all this stuff. Because, I mean, obviously that's what we're doing. Because it's like, why? It's the next level yeah. at this point. Oh, well, dude, I'm telling you, if you're active duty sniper, that means you're on one of a half a dozen Marine Corps bases. And we can promise you there's someone nearby that can come to the local that can come to you. Uh-huh. You're on Lejeune, you're we'll on Lejeune, Pendleton, whatever, Marine Racist, you got, you got someone we can send to you. You can come see me. <laughs> and just fucking send it. Show you everything you need to know. Right on, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. We're going to kick off our advanced course tomorrow in uh, Pig River. And thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. You guys know the drill. Keep your face on the gun. gun.